I'm Dr. Future, your host. I invite you to join me as together we experience a future quake. 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 Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I'm Dr. Future. And I'm Tom, sort of staring at disbelief and all the evil that I've seen in the last nine or ten weeks. Bionic. Is that referring to when you stare across the table at me here in the studio? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sound like our emailers. It's great to be back with you again this week. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the uh, interview uh, we did last week with Christopher Knowles. Uh, mm-hmm. Judging from the emails we got... About 24 hours after that, a lot of you all did and found that to be really useful and educational. And uh, Mr. Knowles has since got back with us and said that he really enjoyed his stay with us. I so thought that it was, was good. good. Yeah. It's great. And it's so good to be back with you all again for a, for a regular Future Quake show here. And this is our first time to talk with you since we had our big prayer event at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to thank everybody who made up the NRB 13 yeah, man. Uh, the folks who showed up on premises. It was like a basketball team, but better. But a lot more, lots of reserves. Yeah. You know. uh, well, they they usually hit, it's like five on the five on the on the on the floor and five on the bench and then two reserves, right? Yeah. And I was and manager. manager. You know, I was a manager in in basketball at my high school. Really? Which means I picked up the dirty towels and stuff. For for which team? The smelly men's towels. Ta- men's team or the women's team? Actually, I did both. Right on. <laughs> we didn't have many people in my school. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I want to thank everybody who came and also everybody who came uh, to the Tim and Mike show and were part of the prayer event and was in the uh, uh, chat room there at the same mm-hmm. time and prayed and listened. And I just want to mention real quick to you all, uh, if you'd like to check out how things went, the prayer is still there on the website. If you want to go to the front of futurequake.com, you can see what we're talking about. The prayer that we actually did. It's one of our first real activism things we've mm-hmm. done in Future Quake. Uh, we um, uh, read it out, outside the National Religious Broadcasters Convention meeting. And then um, there's a click on there. You either can click right on the link there on the front of the page or go up to the photos section and click to the NRB meeting. And you'll see pictures of what happened there. And you'll see all everybody else who was there. And uh, there's also a link to hear the Tim and Mike show that's archived with it. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, Brother Charles, who's been helping us with a YouTube channel um, and doing something on Man, that, has actually I'm uploaded sure, the video. I'm sure grateful for him. Man, he's doing he's, a bang-up job. powerful, man. Yeah. He's like, and he knows what he's doing, which I'm not used to being around people like If that. Robert Hyde is like, well, let's see, me and you, and then Robert Hyde's like the third Beatle, and... Will Griggs like the fourth, and Andrew Chris White's like, in there too. Oh yeah. yeah, and he's he's like the sixth Beetle or yeah. the seventh Beetle. He's just like the uh, I don't know what you'd call him, like Boba Fett or something like that. What? Isn't that the guy in the, in, in the Star Wars movies, the, like the Empire Strikes Back? I thought Boba Fett was the. Oh no, I'm thinking of the big from from the. I don't we're know. we're I don't getting old. Yeah. I don't uh, but know anyway, I was just trying to think of somebody who sort of dun, dun, you know dun, 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 came in like the man with no name, dun, 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 and, except his name's Charles. Dun, 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 <laughs> Thanks, Charles. Appreciate it. Go to thefrontoffuturequake.com. The video's there. You can watch it, and we have all of the audio segments that he's uploading one at a time from our classic Futurequake segments. They're in high fidelity audio, mm-hmm. uh, and recommend you check that out at YouTube too. You can send people there for that. 
Sweet. Even if people have a hard time, they can't for some reason download our show for whatever. Mm-hmm. There's always future quake stuff that hopefully will be there at the YouTube mm-hmm. channel that Brother Charles has set up. So mm-hmm. that I guess the other one la- and, and uh, one last thing to mention is and by the way check the photos out too. The photos are cool. You can see the future quake flag which made its debut there. That was and really the future cool. mobile. Yeah, I can I tend to fixate on like like kind of smallish things. Yeah, and you know, you know, like somebody hands me a really intricate little little button from a shirt and I'm like look at that thing wow uh-huh. yeah. that was a future quick flag flag for me yeah. you know like wow, you know Homer thing. Simpson he always did things like that too oh. like if he'd see like a bear riding a bicycle do we get focused <laughs> on it uh, uh, I just hope the principalities and powers shuddered when they saw the future quick flag go off that's all I hope yeah the archons you know and, they did others uh, people in NRB didn't but hopefully they yeah. did so yeah. um, and we got a mention in the Tennessean I thought that was really cool. I thought really that cool. was killer, man. They yeah. mentioned Future Quake in the, the Tennessee. Well, and the U especially, man. Well, yeah, one whole sentence. But, yeah, you know, but it's cool. That's one more than has ever happened. Yep. So our, the local big-time newspaper mentioned this in there. So that was uh, good. And he provided a counterbalance mm-hmm. to the whole furor of John Bain, mm-hmm. John Boehner and the NRB there. Yep. Um, was he handing out tobacco checks? No, he just does it on the floor of Congress. Yeah. You know, tobacco lobby checks. I wonder if he was handing out any vote. kind of checks there. Maybe receiving some. That's Certainly a deep topic some. at the yeah. NRB. Yeah. Uh, but um, the, one other last thing, continue to remind you up to the last minute, the Politics of Religion Conference. Come on out, man. It's going to be Fort Wayne, so gnarly. Please come. It's going to be like a... FEMA may keep us from having any more of these after this, so... It's like the best day of surfing you ever had. Yep. Okay. Surfing? Yeah. Okay, Fort Wayne? Yeah. If you've got a snowboard, maybe. I don't yeah. know what the weather's going to be, October 1st and 2nd. Hopefully it'll clear up there. October 1st? You mean April 1st? April 1st and 2nd. Mm-hmm. I was only off of six months, a half a yeah, year. there you go. The opposite side of the dial. Mm-hmm. Uh, April 1st and 2nd. Go to thepoliticsofreligion.com. Uh, be sure and get you a ticket while mm-hmm. they're still there. And that's a wonderful venue that he's got there. Mm-hmm. You and I are speaking. Chris mm-hmm. White, Chris mm-hmm. Pinto, um, Andrew Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Uh, Chris White, Chris Pinto, Russ Dizdar. Russ Dizdar. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Special video presentation by um, um, the Gilberts mm-hmm. from Pid Radio. Mm-hmm. So uh, please come and check it out. That's it for that's it for the uh, announcements. Boom. Sweetness. You ready? To jump into some news. Splash. Okay. You want to go first? I Maybe. do. You do. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Usually you're real nice and offer me to go first. That's what I've sort of gotten used to. Sorry. You want to go first? Go no, first. No, it's okay. All right. Um, I'll just, I just talk you over. Know, I'm just trying to switch that up. You I, know, understand. So. I understand. I um, understand. This is from the Daily Mail, you know, UK yeah. newspaper of mm-hmm. note. FBI to reopen case against sex offender friend of Prince Andrew. Duke may be forced to claim diplomatic immunity to avoid questioning. Um, if anybody isn't familiar with the Dutroux affair, that's D-U-T-R-O-U-X. They might want to okay. look that up. Um, I, I would recommend looking that up early in the morning and not before you go to sleep because it's so dark and bad you won't sleep for a okay. while. Um, I'll, I'll tell you how bad it is. You know, in reviewing stuff for like Future Quake, you run into some pretty dark stuff. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't finish all of the stuff that I read, the various articles about the Dutroux affair. I had to take a breather. Um, anyway, um the FBI is to reopen its investigation into, decra- into disgraced financer Jerry Epstein, 
following mail on Sunday revelations about his sexual exploitation of teenage girls and his links to high-profile individuals, including Prince Andrew. He's also linked to Bill Clinton, who stayed at his house, interestingly enough. The, the Bureau wants to interview Epstein's former personal masseuse, Virginia Roberts, after she revealed last week that she was recruited as Epstein's sex slave when she was just 15. Last night, in an interview, in an exclusive interview with the Mail on Sunday, Virginia confirmed she will fully cooperate with the new investigation, which could have serious implications for Epstein and embarrass Prince Andrew, uh, who she met on at least three occasions. Um, I will talk to the FBI, Virginia says. I am anxious. I am still frightened of him because he has so much power. Uh, I had to put this behind me. But in the end, this is not for me. It's because I'm afraid there are a lot of girls still doing what I did for him eight years after I left. I want to be the one who breaks the chain. Uh, the news comes as, as the government appeared to withdraw support for the prince's role as a trade envoy uh, with business secretary Vince Cable. That's a tough sounding name. I'm Vince Cable. Okay. Um, refusing to say, that, to say whether he should stay in the post. Uh, a source close to the inquiry said the FBI decided to reopen the case because of Virginia's revelations to the mail on Sunday last week. Uh, I believe this is the fourth time this case has been reopened. Hmm. Um, uh, FBI, yeah, I believe that's the fourth time. Um, a source close to the inquiry said the FBI decided to reopen the case because of Virginia's revelations to the mail on Sunday last week. Uh, he said, now that Virginia has come forward and identified herself as a victim who was flown around the world by Epstein for the purpose of committing a criminal act, this is being taken very seriously. The FBI is interested in publishing the allegations, pursuing the allegations published by the Mail on, Sat on Sunday. Now a married mother of three living in Australia, Virginia alleges uh, that her services were offered to a number of politicians, businessmen, and international statesmen. Uh, she also met Prince Andrew. The first time was at the London house of Jelaine, uh, Gillane, I believe, mm -hmm. Maxwell, daughter of the disgraced former media tycoon Robert Maxwell. I wonder if he's any relation to Jordan Maxwell. I don't know. The second time was at Epstein's grand New York townhouse and the third on Epstein's private Caribbean island. Um, the new FBI investigation will undoubtedly be uh, of grave concern to Prince Andrew, who was forced to accept that his continued friendship with the financier, a convicted child sex offender, was unwise. So, he's a sex offender, and Andrew's like, well, mm -hmm. and at least that's what it seems to be implying. If you got diplomatic immunity, you can do anything you want. Yep. Um, on Friday, he severed all ties with Epstein. <laughs> well, that's nice. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. so crazy. Uh, although the new investigation could reveal further damaging details of their association. Virginia's account of her meetings with the prince was published under the restrictions of British libel laws, notoriously the most draconian in the Western world. There will be no, no such restraint on her testimony to FBI investigators. So, according to this, they're confident enough. Mm. And, and they are. They're, you know, if you lie, if you found out that right. you, know, you knew the person was lying, they throw, you, throw the book at you. Um, that's not the case with the FBI. You know, they're like, we're going to look into this, and we're going to look at this hard. So, uh, it is highly likely that detectives will also wish to question the prince as part of their investigation. If subpoenaed, he may be forced to plead diplomatic immunity based on his role as business envoy for UK trade and investment. Last week, David Cameron faced calls from the floor of the Commons to remove the prince from his post. 
If Andrew, if Andrew refuses to cooperate with U.S. authorities, he would, in all likelihood, be banned from entering the states, which would seriously affect his ability mm. to fulfill his role as a trade envoy. Yeah. <laughs> God, you think? Uh, Virginia said, I have lived with these secrets for years. Stepping forward wasn't easy. My husband and family come first, and I don't want, in, want to do anything that could possibly hurt them. Oh, and there's a picture of them together. Wow. Uh, uh, it is believed that the new... It is believed the new investigation will center on Epstein's procuring of young girls and paying them to provide sexual favors for their business associates at his homes in New York, Florida, the U.S. Virgin Islands, and New Mexico. Uh, and it just goes on and on. Yeah, were there other U.S. politicians as well that he provided um, this for? Yeah, there's another article here from the uh, the Telegraph. Uh, uh, the Duke of York's billionaire pedophile friend kept a secret journal described as the Holy Grail by, Laura, by lawyers, which listed his alleged underage victims and the celebrity guests he entertained at his Florida mansion. How come we don't hear this on Fox News? In other stations. I've not heard anything about this. Well, apparently it's not important enough. Apparently, you know. I've not heard a thing. Various. To me, that's a pretty big deal. To me, it's a world figure. You know, a world royal figure. A guy who's connected to international international people. Yeah. You know, um, uh, Alfredo Rodriguez, a servant who saw numerous underage underage girls coming into Epstein's mansion for purported massages took the journal and did not mention it to investigators. Because of the importance of the information in the journal to the civil cases, Mr. Rodriguez called it the Holy Grail, the court documents state. Hmm. Um, wow. So do you assume there'll be some more that we'll hear in the future on that? Um, yeah. Well, he was. he's already been sentenced to 18 months in prison. Yeah. Um, well, you know these people who we've heard about on was it the Franklin affair and what what are some of the other ones we've had in the states where well there were the these Franklin Franklin case probably the most numerous one the satanic and sex ring stuff with kids and everybody just says yeah. oh that's just a bunch of mm-hmm. crazy conspiracy talk if they even know yeah. about it at all well from what I'm able to unravel that's sort of nothing compared to the du- to the yeah. Dutroux affair where three hundred thousand people showed up in Belgium with white armbands protesting. Um, one of the royal families, um, you're like on videotape, caught on videotape in the middle of some kind of a yeah. sexual, sexually compromising position with numerous other under a, underage mm-hmm. males and females. And, um, you know, did that make it over here to the States? No. Not so and we much. take these people seriously. We argue about like little silly petty kind of yeah. things. They did this petty and issues. they did that and this party's yeah. bad. Oh, my gosh. Ah! Right. Right. So, well, would you like to hear a little something from me? Yeah, well, that was an uplifting one. I'm sure that yeah, this one will be uplifting us, bring too. Bring us down now. <laughs> um, and you know, I tried to make a pledge this week that after that last one I had, where I had that big long thing on the um, Knights of Malta mm-hmm. that led me down the whole path with uh, General Boykin, who, by the way, I just saw on TV this afternoon on Fox News. He was on with the judge of all people. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, well, I'll just stick with some little brief stories, you know. It's actually, it's sort of been a little bit of a slow news week this week. But I, I had a story. I looked up some stuff regarding our Dominionist friends, and oh, it's going to lead down a curious path here. So if you can bear with me, I may have all right. one longer one rather than multiple ones. Lay it but all on says, us, buddy. Just follow the path here, mm-hmm. okay? I saw something that was a conference that was coming up called Rediscover God in America. 
It's going to mm-hmm. be on March 26th, and I think even as well, uh, Derek Gilbert sent me a notice of it. Yeah, oh yeah, I think I, I might have gotten that. And too. it says, uh, this, this conference coming out from the Dominionist crowd, it says, The foundation of our heritage as a nation is the Word of God, but we've lost sight of this in today's culture. It's time to learn and understand what one nation under God really means. Join churches across America for a free national event that will reveal how American history and current events can only be understood in light of God and His Word. So it's back to this whole history of America and what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michelle Bachman is going to be speaking there. Uh, Haley Barber. Uh, Mike Huckabee. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least the two guys there, I think, are planning to run for president, as well as Newt Gingrich, mm-hmm. Speaker of the House. Well, he's had like three affairs, and is rumored yeah. to be pretty new agey, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Ralph Reed has taken him on to sell him to the cons- to the conservative great Christian audience. Mm-hmm. So that's his his thing he's doing. I'm sure Jesus is pleased by that. Uh, George Barna, researcher. David Barton. George a Barna, histori- huh? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Dave Barton, a historian, one of our favorite historians, as you know, or pseudo-historian, as he's usually described. Yeah. Um, and uh, several other people. It says here, history is clear. The founders of our country drew their inspiration, wisdom, and direction from the Bible. Beginning in colonial times, church leaders spoke to their congregations about the events and issues of the day in the context of biblical truth. Rediscover God in America will lay a foundation of critical knowledge for your congregation. They'll learn how to interpret and assess current events in light of God's word, as our founding fathers did, and how to respond biblically and take action that aligns with his truth. A just and prosperous nation is born sustained by truth, not compromise. I would agree with that. Wouldn't it be nice to ask some truth? Come out even from our religious leadership. Uh, says join thousands of churches across the nation. Uh, and this may be connected to the one I think I read before mm-hmm. that talked about the theme. It had a whole bunch of our congressmen and stuff, a religious one, talking about American exceptionalism. That was their, their main thing they mm-hmm. were emphasizing. Up the ground is level at the foot of the cross, but it's a little more level for the USA. <laughs> Hey, I like that song. Put that on our album. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, here's a here's a related event, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, Gingrich, Barton, Bachman, and Huckabee uh, team up for religious right webcast. It's the same event, mm-hmm. but it's talked about on a right-wing watch. Uh, I guess the guy behind it, John Stenberger, is the president of the F- Florida Family Policy Council, who has recently become a cause celeb for the religious right because he is facing both a $10 million defamation lawsuit and misconduct complaint stemming from his actions during the uh, Rifka-Berry saga in 2009. A legal defense fund has been set up with the backing of Newt Gingrich, Jerry Boykin, David Barton, Tony Perkins, and Lou Engel. That's, that's quite a crew there. Wow. Who are coming up with this. And according to Huckabee, according to this flyer, many of these leaders, along with Michelle Bachman, Mike Huckabee, and Haley Barber, will be joining Stenberger for a Florida Family Council special event later this month in the form of a live webcast for churches entitled Rediscover God in America. So part of it evidently that wasn't that first thing I read was that they're hoping to uh, raise some money for this guy who's had some kind of defamation case in the in the court. But related to this, okay, these are other relevant activities, uh, also from the same reference. Uh, it says... Uh, uh, 300, the religious right forming its own Spartan army. Great. Now, you've heard me mention to some of these people who are wanting to create a religious war. Mm-hmm. This is what they're pushing for. And and the glorification of the warfighter on Christian radio, mm-hmm. you know, Janet Parshall and these other people. Mm-hmm. 
that that I've I've sort of called them Spartans. I mean, they become a war-loving culture uh-huh. in yeah, conservative find, Christianity. They find um, it's not it's interesting. It's not just war, but they they glorify they deify or well lionize mm-hmm. conflict. Yeah, and the main heroes they talk about, they mythologize, mm-hmm. uh, is the warfighter. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly. not to say that we don't appreciate people who go do these kind of things and stuff. But but they have made it where in a Christian world, it is the ultimate hero. In Christian world, is someone who takes a gun and, and goes into battle. Well, they, they say here, it says, for months now, we have been chronicling how self-described prophets and apostles... Um, these are new apostolic reformation people they're referring to, mm-hmm. have been merging seven mountains dominionism with mainstream religious right activism. And increasingly, the man at the center of this appears to be the Family Research Council's Tony Perkins. Now, that's a group that was helped funded by the founder of Blackwater, his family. Mm-hmm. Founded, okay. Perkins was among the first to embrace Lou Engel and transform him into a religious right leader. And now he seems to be doing the same thing with Rick Joyner of the Oak Initiative. Uh, just today we noted that Joyner, Jerry Boykin, and Janet Porter, you see they have the same gang all there, were gathering for a conference next month. And as I was looking for more information about it, I stumbled across this video, and they have a link video if you go to Right Wing Watch, you can see it there, mm-hmm. of Perkins, Joyner, Boykin, and Frank Turek discussing the importance of Christians getting deeply involved in politics. Perkins explains the absolute necessity of getting Christians into all levels of government, while Boykin now, he's the guy that used to be with the Delta Force, you know, and mm-hmm. was involved in Abu Ghraib and stuff. Mm-hmm. He compared Christians today to the Spartan army and quoted King Leonidas by declaring Milan Labay, which means <laughs> come and get them, when he and his army were told to lay down their weapons. So he's basically making sort of a threat, you know, mm-hmm. of uh, violence to the enemies of, of God, I guess. Likewise, Boykin declared Milan Labay, stating that he would not be silenced and challenge those in Washington who are out to take his liberties, rob his grandchildren, destroy America, and to just try to take them from him. It says, finally, Joyner announced that Christians have much more than enough people to take control, but they need to bind together, and as such, they would soon be unveiling a coalition called 300. Now, I found that very interesting, and I was doing a little research on this, the, the 300. Because that's how many Spartans there were. Uh, so again, this is the ultimate glorification I was gonna say, does this of the warfighter. I was. I think I know where you're going to go to this. It didn't. It didn't occur to me where this is. Where this may lead. But go ahead. Well, I found some new information here. I think mm-hmm. you'll be interested in. Does okay. This have to do, I'm, I'm, yeah. Don't 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 spoil it like normal. I, I think I'll surprise you here. Okay. Um, I looked up. I think it's called like. The, the Freedom Federation or something like that. It's a clearinghouse of all these kind of organizations that are involved in the mm-hmm. New Apostolic Reformation Dominionist camp. Mm-hmm. And they list them all, all the different groups. And the one that has these people just mentioned is called the Oak Initiative. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. This isn't where I thought you were going to go. You can look up Oak Initiative, yeah. okay? Uh, the Oak Initiative is a grassroots movement to unite, mobilize, equip, and activate Christians to be salt and light they are called to be by engaging in the great issues of our time from a sound biblical worldview. Sounds great. Yeah. Started by five. Well, started by more than 300 Christian leaders from across the spectrum of the body of Christ. Now I'm wondering if this is where this 300 is connected to. Mm-hmm. Within months of its founding, the Oak Initiative had a presence in all 50 states and more than 78 nations, with Oak gatherings and Oak chapters springing up rapidly. Now I looked at some other things they had on the front of their page. You could get. 
there, there were only a few products on the front page. One of them was, be sure to watch Marxism in America. Uh, it's something that I think Boykin is involved in. This it has over 200,000 views a day. And then they have another special report called Muslim Brotherhood Declares War on United States. And then another report called Sharia and the Stealth Threat. So you sort of get an idea where their priorities are. But let me read you some more about their background. There's some background about this I find interesting. Okay, this is the purpose of the Oak Initiative. America is in crisis, possibly the greatest threat to its continued existence yet. However, we can do something about it, and that is the purpose of the Oak Initiative. Now, I want you to think about the things we've learned in months past about the Dominionists and the things that are important to them when I read this. It says, along with a political and spiritual shift, we find ourselves in need of a shift in our core values, and there are signs that this shift is happening. Unlike many other groups, our goal is to see the development of leaders and leadership skills in our members so that along with the shift in the spirit of America, we are ready to champion the core values that are based on biblical or kingdom principles and wisdom. Uh, then it will be the blend of a spiritual awakening with sound wisdom that will lay a foundation for lasting results. We not only want to identify leaders and develop leadership skills in our members, but we want to encourage our members to find the wisdom of Daniel who as a captive servant in the realm of a foreign king was able to transform a nation through devotion to his king, strength of character and values, and with a controlled voice governed by respect, grace, and virtue. It was then that his wisdom caught the attention of all those around him, and as he was moved by the hand of God, it prepared a seat for him as governor of the land from one kingdom into the next. Kingdoms literally passed over him as his seat of responsibility remained unchanged if not increased. Now, this is consistent with what they talked before about they want to get into key influence positions, sort of like a Kissinger type that sort of lasts as administrations and elected officials come and go. Well, he's certainly godly. And that's where they're using Daniel as a Bible example of someone who who get him, got himself in a position of being like the key advisor. Except he you know, didn't get himself into it. It was God like appointed it. It's yeah. not like he's like jockeying for position and you know made some sort of like deep political it just, play. It just happened because that well they're premeditating it. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's I mean that's yeah. the whole point. You know, yeah, yeah, like right. Daniel was faithful to God and then he just did what he knew was right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They say as individuals being responsive where we work and live. Uh, is what they want to do as a group, conveying a message of true hope and sound change based on wisdom communicated with grace and patience. With a long-term goal in mind, the preparation of the church to be all she is meant to be in a world that is waiting for her unveiling. Now, what do you think a world, a church is? The world is waiting for the church to be unveiled. Uh, I, I would say that's I would say that's heretical. That the church doesn't exist basically in its form and is waiting to be unveiled for what I, it is. I, I, just based on based on that one statement and what I think it means, I would say that that is heretical. I think what they're implying from the people who I will share with you that are part of this group mm-hmm. is that you know they be, they're sort of amillennialists where they believe that the church will conquer the world and will win it over, and then then the, the dominion will be secured. That they have mm-hmm. uh, that's been stolen by Satan, and then they will have it secured. That is the preparation of the church to be her unveiling is when that occurs. Okay, um, it's, they further say for us, it is about awaking our people to the voice of our founding fathers, recorded in the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights. Which I, th- I thought is interesting. When they have a main push in their materials, I looked at about trying to keep mosques from being built and stuff mm-hmm. like that. 
Uh, I don't know. Can you picture Thomas Jefferson and these other guys fighting hard to keep Moss from being built or I would things say, shut down? I would say exactly the opposite. I mean, I could see Thomas Paine certainly fighting hard to keep churches closed. Yeah, all churches. Yeah, yeah. Thomas Paine. Okay, and then they further say, for us, it is not just a voting ballot or a single set of issues. It's about being part of a historical shift in a nation that is called to a destiny by God to disciple other nations. Mm -hmm. Okay, so their nation, America, is one they believe is has a destiny by God mm -hmm. to disciple other nations. Do you you know Scripture about it? I do. Can you remind me where in Scripture that is, where God called us to that destiny? The um, which one? About America being called by destiny by God, that's the disciples. In, that's that somewhere? In third Galatians. Third Galatians. Okay. Third Delorean. Because I'm thinking it probably is more like a prophecy of Cindy Jacobs, which often supplants Come a lot on, of their. Hello, it's coming out of my head. Oh, it supplants a lot of their, uh, you know, the, the biblical stuff. Yeah. Well, here's a little bit more. Here's some spiritual and moral resolutions. I need they to go have. walk around the block. I can't okay. handle all this. Here's some of their, their moral resolutions. This is all off their website, okay? It is a biblical mandate to be the oaks of righteousness described in Isaiah 61.3. You know, oh gosh, I have a lot to say about trees. Okay. Well, a healthy oak tree mm -hmm. has a root system as expansive below the ground as it has branches above the ground. Mm -hmm. And I think this also belies their strategy. They, We may see the parts that are overt on the top. Mm -hmm. But the roots that go into this, what they're putting together, mm -hmm. out of view and out of sight, is much, much deeper and spreads out in a broader way than what we see on top with the trees and the branches. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind. Okay. Uh, they say, it is the devotion of the Oak Initiative to maintain and defend individual freedom based upon the eternal law of God that is sovereign and grants all rights and that all men and women are equal under the law regardless of race creed, culture, financial, and political affiliation. It is the basic devotion of the Oak Initiative to establish, maintain, and defend religious liberty in every place and for all people and to challenge all attempts to inhibit this basic liberty. So would, would it be their, their loophole that Muslim is not a religion? Is that why they're not allowed to practice their faith? You think, think that's, that's possibly think that's exactly what they how they're say. getting away from that? Okay, it, they further say it's a conviction of the Oak Initiative that the development of the Constitution and Bill of Rights of the United States were guided by biblical principles and morality. These are the basis of legitimate government of the United States, mm -hmm. and any who seek to avoid or circumvent these must be opposed. Now, I don't know if they mean that the Constitution and Bill of Rights are the basis of government or the biblical principles and morality, which changes a lot. Whichever they're saying that. I need to go like walk around. Okay. I can't, I can't handle this. Okay. And then, and then in closing, it says it is our conviction that because mankind was given stewardship of the earth, that all life is sacred, and that includes all species, and our guardianship of the earth includes the stewardship of all life on it. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason why they're bringing this up is that their whole thing is about giving the stewardship or dominion it, that it is still theirs. And that we as Christians have inherited that dominion over the earth. And we need to take it back from Satan. Okay? So that's why it makes itself manifest. Now, it gets a little deeper because I'm going to sort of show a little bit of some people involved here, okay? Uh, one of the last comments here. Uh, their strategy objectives includes... Uh, now, re remember these, Mike, and our listeners, because 
some things will start to make sense here in a minute. Action plans of the Oak Initiative may include everything from community service, promoting commerce, disaster response, as well as the evaluation, proposing, and when necessary, the challenging of government legislation. And our actions are deemed immoral or hurtful. Now, remember that promoting commerce. That seems a little weird, doesn't it, in a sort of a Christian group and Christian values? Okay. And then they say the Oak Institute is being developed to raise up effective leaders for all of the dominant areas of influence in our culture, including, now count these here, government, business, education, arts and entertainment, family services, media, and the church. Do you count them? Seven. Seven. Seven Mountains, I believe. Mm-hmm. The, I was going to say, that certainly yeah. sounds like a Seven Mountains. The, the Oak Initiative will help mobilize for and work with the other organizations that share our common goals and values. Who are these other organizations? That's curious to know who they're yeah. talking about. Let, let me let me uh, sort of cut to the chase here. National Aryan Socialists. Uh, well, let's see. They, they, they list their board members on here, okay? Now, their board members are very interesting. Um, this first guy, who's a board member, he's the chairman of the Oak Initiative. His mm-hmm. name is Mark Nuttall. He's an attorney. He uh, based out of Norman, Oklahoma. Um, he represents corporations, business projects, and political entities nationally and internationally. Okay, so he represents other mm-hmm. political groups around the world. Um, he um, he operates. Uh, he's a spokesman. Operates in trade and manufacturing. Maybe related to this commerce thing that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Okay, he, he's part of a lobbying group. He lobbies for other countries around the world, and he is the chairman of this Christian group. Okay, uh-huh. uh, he lobbies lobbies yes. for other countries. Doesn't sound good. Okay, he advised corporations controlled by the Republic of China. So, he's an advocate on behalf of the Chinese government. Who's the chairman of this Christian group? Yeah, well, they're 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 they've always been good to their Christian folks. He was key legal counsel. And stuff. Well, he was key legal counsel for the Bush, both junior and senior political campaigns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then lastly, he was a judge of the Miss America pageant. Which mm-hmm. That was important. Well, I mean, you want to talk about qualifications? <laughs> well, then we have. I'm just going to list a few of these. Okay, uh, Rick Joyner is the president of the group. I think you're familiar with Rick Joyner. I won't bore Malta, you et cetera, with yeah. his details. Another board member of this group, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, described as one of the elite warriors chosen in 78 to make up the first unit in America's ultra-secretive and deadly Delta Force, which I know if I want a Christian leader, I want deadly to be a good way to describe him. Delta Force, yeah. Um, uh, Then became a commander of the unit and commander of all U.S. Army Special Forces. Now, I thought he was originally turned down. Um well, they thought he was too religious. They were they sort of spooked his re- religiousness, but he got through it. Uh, he also included a tour at the Central Intelligence Agency, which again, CIA connections are always, always important for always a Christian full leader. Of goodness, yeah. Uh, also served for the last four years as Deputy Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence. Okay, Cindy Jacobs is in there. Um, in fact, I can just tell you a little bit about uh, Cindy, the way she describes herself. She's a respected prophet who travels the world ministering. Not only the crowds of people, and she's a respected prophet, not just one of the unrespected prophets. Yeah, because all uh, the prophets in the Bible were deeply respected. Well, yeah, and since she anointed herself, you know, it's sweet. Uh, but but she's also uh, the prophet to heads of nations. 
Her greatest ministry is to world influencers who seek her prophetic advice. Mm-hmm. You know, since we're world influencers, you think we should maybe get her advice on some stuff? No. For the for the Never. annual prediction show? Yeah. No. Um, she says her first calling isn't always will be to prophetic intercession. Yeah. Ever since the Lord called her with the scripture, now here's what uh, the Lord is telling her: Ask of me the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the world for your possession. Great. So the Lord gave her the nations and the ends of the world for her possession. Okay, she has taken that calling seriously. She describes her call to the nations as an inverted homesickness. Each year she travels and has spoken on nearly every inhabited continent to tens of thousands. Yet, in her heart is the memory that Jesus left the 99 to go to the one. Today, in spite of the demanding schedule, she still is willing to go to that one lost soul. Which, you know, a lot of somebody who is possession of the nations, that she would do that. Yeah. Um, it reminds me a lot of Hananiah. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm still crescendoing here, okay? I can't. I, okay. Can uh, we pause and re- walk around? Reverend Lewis Sheldon is another member of this on the board. Is chairman of the Traditional Values Coalition, a lobby organization representing churches and the grassroots that works to preserve Judeo-Christian ethics upon which America was founded. The Traditional Value Coalition, founded in 1980 by Reverend Sheldon, speaks on behalf of more than 43,000 churches across the United States regarding pro-family legislation policy. I don't know if they're like ones who pay him, bankroll him, or what, but um, Janet Fol- uh, Porter is oh. the president and founder of Faith to Action, turning people of faith into people of action to win the cultural war together. Um and she's even heard on VCY Reach FM Calvary Chapel, which I thought was interesting. Uh, Dr. Lance Wallnow has been described by People for the American Way as the hidden architect behind the increasingly viral and politically potent Seven Mountain Template for Cultural Impact. Great. So he was the one that got that going. From forums at Harvard to work with the United Nations and training and serving on Ken Blanchard's board, he has taught and shaped the contemporary worldview and strategy of leaders on a global level. Um, and then they got people like Dr. Nigel Big Pond, who is the apostle of the Morning Star Church of All Nations. Um, which they just have such interesting names, some of these, you know, organizations. But can't you start? I'm going to start calling our. We got to make more interesting names. Though like, I know. Call me. But they have such interesting church names. Three Moon Highlands of the Seven Waters Nations Thousand Running Running Voices Bionic. There was one guy out here who I found intriguing. Okay, I had to click for more information on him on the board. It's just the board members. Um, Because that first guy I mentioned to you, he's he's got some bucks. You know, he's got Mm -hmm. some stuff and and access. Mm -hmm. This fellow, Nicholas F. Papanikolaou. I was going to say, is it Papanikolaou? Uh, anyway, that's the name here. Was born in 1949 in Athens, Greece. Um, and he sort of doesn't really fit in to this group, so I had to look at his detailed, uh, uh, description. Uh, he was educated at, now listen to these credentials here. See how this fits in with the evangelical leaders and mission. He wasn't part of Metataxis' group, Well, just, just wait. He was educated at Williston Academy, East Hampton, Massachusetts, where he graduated cum laude. In 1967, earned a bachelor's degree in economics at Harvard, where he graduated with advanced placement in 1970, and a master's degree in business administration from Columbia University in 72. He was vice president of the Onassis organization in New York. Remember, 
Anassas, you know, the big shipping tycoon mm-hmm. that married yeah. okay, married uh, Jacqueline Kennedy, uh-huh. okay, from 73 to 75, and then joined his family business interest in shipping and other investments. I don't know if you remember shipping and commerce was part of their pur- purposes of this organization. Mm. In 1983, he became controlling shareholder and co-chairman of Aston Martin Lagonda. In the United Kingdom, maker of the famous Aston Martin Lagonda motor cars. Can we call him up see if we can get a future mobile? Well, he, he's got like more that. going for him than this. Under his watch, the factory was reopened. Uh, he was subsequently sold to Ford Motor Company. The company. Mm-hmm. He is president of Lion Finance SA, a family investment vehicle. He's also the co-founder and co-chairman of the World Public Forum Dialogue of Civilizations. The World Public Forum brings together together each year on the island of Rhodes, Greece, some 700 important officials and representatives from more than 60 countries for four days of open and frank deliberations on cross-religious and cross-cultural issues. Mm-hmm. Um, not just everybody every day has a group like that, Dialogue with Civilizations, he does. Representatives include heads of state, prime ministers, top religious leaders from all major faiths, and university professors and academians. Um, past attendees included the presidents or prime ministers of Austria, Czech Republic, Lithuania, Iran, Algeria, Palestine Authority, India, Bangladesh, Russia, Yemen, and government ministers from Israel, France, Greece, China, Indonesia, Kazakhstan, Malaysia, and others. He has served as president of the Athens Polo Club and is a member of the American Bureau of Shipping. Now, when I read that, and I see him having these groups like the Dialogue of Civilizations and things like this on roads, I'm thinking, you know, uh, oh, well, all the way. Rick Joyner, who's also on his board, as we mentioned, what, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. was a member of the Knights of Malta. Mm-hmm. This guy fits the criteria that I would think of Knight of Malta. Yeah. So I click, I do a Google search on his name to find mm-hmm. out what he is, okay, mm-hmm. on the board. Uh, okay, and I get up something that has his name. At Knights Hospitallers of the Sovereign Order of St. John and Jerusalem Knights of Malta. Mm-hmm. The ecumenical order, current Grand Master. Oh, great. Prince Grand Master Nicholas Papa Nicolau, Baron of Finlaystone, Maxwell, was born in 1949 in Greece. He is the Grand Master of the Knights of Malta. Wow. The top guy in Malta. Yeah, that's far out, man. On this that's... evangelical group. Okay? I so so we're debating, last, you know, two weeks ago. Well, I wonder if there's anything to this Knights of Malta connection with... No, Rick, the Grand you know. Master's now on the chair. The Grand Master is on the chair. Yeah. Okay? So no wonder he's having this World Forum Dialogue of Civilizations that is cross-religious uh, and cross-cultural barriers. That's horrible. Okay? okay? Now, here's more about him. It's SHS. I'm not sure what that stands for. Something His something highness, I think. Nicholas F.S. Papanikolaou is bearer of the British title of nobility, and his name is listed in Burke's peerage. He was elected Prince Grand Master of the Knights Hospitallers of the Sovereign Order of St. John of Jerusalem, the Ecumenical Order, in 2006. Under his leadership, the order has devolved to charity over $150 million. Uh, let's see here. You see, they talked about this kind of charity work being done by this group. Mm-hmm. So it gives the excuse for them to be involved, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, the title of Prince Grand Master is the highest rank in the Sovereign Order of St. John, Knights of Malta. The Grand Master is elected for life by the Supreme Council members of the Order. So. Wow. <laughs> anyway. Man, that's like, 
I have to sit here and think about that. Can we just have a moment of silence while I sort of take all that in? So the head of the Knights of Malta <laughs> is in the main group of the evangelical leaders and dominionists that our religious right has bought into these people too. And so now they're having these um, these written things about Sharia law and about Islam. Mm-hmm. And we now know the head guy who's tasked in a group for the last thousand years to wipe out Muslims for the Christian faith uh, is now running the show. Yeah. There was just something I forgot to print. I'll, I can just tell you real quick from one of their initiatives off their website. Let me let me call this up here. Here's the Oak Initiative. Um, this this is from Rick Joyner. Uh, this is from Data 3-7. Last week I sat on a small panel discussing Sharia law that was open to Christian media at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Nashville. Great. Did you know that was going on? No, I didn't. I didn't see it listed in there. I went to their directory of activities. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it in there. Also on the panel was James Woolsey, former director of the CIA, which is, I'm so glad the religious broadcasters have him because he was the one. You want to talk about a guy who's going to provide spiritual support. Well, he was the one mentioned the at the CIA triple. CIA well, operative. And he was mentioned at the triple IHS by the pagan speakers that were there. Like, uh, no. Well, he was mentioned as the one who invited, um, What's the guy's name? Uh, Steve Greer, Dr. Stephen Greer, to come over and talk about how we were really founded by aliens. Okay. James Woolsey. Uh, okay, let me get this straight. A guy that is talking at the National Religious Broadcasters, uh, speaking on a panel there, Yeah. Uh, was also mentioned at the IIIHS yes. as a person who believed that by we were all started person. by aliens. Right. Right. That's right. Okay. Also there, you know, he was former director of CIA. Frank Gaffney Jr., the former Assistant Secretary of Defense, who's been the main one steering the battle against Islam in America. Mm-hmm. He has the main orders. He's making big money on it. We had a yeah. thing from the Tennessee and talking about how much money he pulls for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the acting president for the Center for Security Policy. We were also joined, this is Rick Joyner talking, joined on the panel by Tom Smith and another lawyer who were on the front lines against the Battle of Sharia in the U.S., and a remarkable rabbi who has been an ambassador from Israel. This was an interesting and rich discussion on this crucial uh, subject and how it affects our security. We were each given a few minutes to make a statement, and then we all took questions from the media. Um, let me just, uh, it says, Christians no doubt are starting to realize that we cannot understand our times without understanding Islam and Sharia. Three crucial points were clearly made and well established at the NRB press conference are something every American must grasp. So, okay, this is sort of like the, the consensus of our mm-hmm. religious leadership now. Okay? Radical Islam and Sharia is not just a religion, but a totalitarian government, mm-hmm. legal system, and economy. And this conflict is not an issue of religious liberty. <coughs> Therefore, they got around this religious liberty thing they were talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay? We say we're for religious liberty unless we decide that you're not part of it. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, they said Sharia law is in direct conflict with the U.S. Constitution. That the two cannot coexist. And number three, the third is the well-documented intent of Muslim Brotherhood and all radical Islamists to destroy America and Western civilization. And he says that James... So this is like the official consensus of mm-hmm. our religious liberty, our leadership. James Woolsey and Frank Gaffney are professionals on the highest level. Mm-hmm. And their presentations were professional, concrete, and authoritative. I was on the panel representing the Christian leadership perspective. So Rick Joyner was representing you and me. Okay. No, he wasn't. Well, it's 
That's he, what they're I, I saying. I guarantee you he was not representing me. Um, which I used to appeal to my fellow Christian leaders that we would all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, which is something good for him to keep in mind. And we would not want to stand there as shepherds who did not protect God's flock that had been entrusted to us or be watchmen who failed to sound the alarm against this ultimate threat in our times. By the immediate response, it seems we accomplished our purpose. Okay, well, it sounds to me like he's somehow saying that if the Muslims take over, God's will would be thwarted. You know, unless we kill them, it's going yeah, to be. Uh, that's that's unless we to kill be a clear them. implication. Yeah, we got to do something. Well, both James Woolsey and Frank Gaffney, you know, the, the uh, spooks, mm-hmm. the intelligence spooks. Okay, mm-hmm. they're putting together the Team B two report, Sharia: The Threat to America. This is the second exercise in competitive analysis to the nature of a major threat to the America. Uh, the first Team B report was produced by U.S. intelligence and defense officials. Mm-hmm. Uh, to do the threat of the Soviet Union in 76. See, same thing. It's who the boogeyman of choice is. Mm-hmm. And it's the same guys getting paid to do the same, to sell the same boogeyman. Okay. Uh, okay, and this first Team B report led to some basic changes in policy and understanding that led to a brilliant strategy implemented by Ronald Reagan that unraveled the threat. The two, new Team B report, Sharia Threat to America, is a remarkable and brilliant study done by top professionals and it goes on and on. He says every Christian leader should read this, but I think every Christian should. Uh, if it happens, possibly half the battle against this ultimate threat would be won. Uh, the main power of the devil is to hide in darkness, doing his work where it can remain hidden. Um, the contention I've had, and certainly many others are raising also, is that any person who has taken an oath to defend our Constitution from enemies both foreign and domestic and does not seek to understand radical Islam and Sharia are basically incompetent or guilty of treason. Incompetent, yeah. It We're is incompetent a ser- if we disagree. Yeah, it is that serious of a threat. The most basic uh, principles of warfare defense policy is that you cannot defeat an enemy you cannot see. Okay? The better we understand our foe, okay, that's their foe, that's our Christian foe. It's mm-hmm. not principalities and powers in heaven. It's, 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 it's these people. people who look different than us. The better the chance we have of defeating them. This is an enemy that's publicly declared they will destroy us. Okay? Um, so, uh, I, I mean, I, I just I, I don't want to bore you reading the whole details. Okay? Uh, they're talking about how small groups like this can overthrow uh, complete countries like the Bolsheviks did. Mm-hmm. Um it says, under slamming Islam and Sharia will be a major factor in the next presidential election. It could very well determine it. Okay? And it will be the major polit- uh, factor in American politics in 2012 and thereafter. Hmm. Okay? That's, that's so disturbing, Mike. Um, I, watched this, I watched this thing called um, uh, Pack of Snarling Imbeciles uh, are released from their colonels and given American flags. And it's uh it's this ten minute long video where a um uh, uh an Islamic center is having a dinner where they uh you know it's it's an Islam- I guess it's an Islamic center where they're having a dinner to raise money to help the homeless and uh, uh, a, a tea party organizes in the parking in their parking lot waving American flags and a screaming epithets at them saying this is one nation under God not Allah. And um, a U.S. Uh, I believe it was a U.S. Congressperson that representing that district uh, showed up and said that I have I I have three sons and one of them is in the U.S. Marines and I'll tell you what I look forward 
I, I know plenty of people who would be happy to send them to paradise or wherever they're, whatever the things, wherever they believe that they're, they're going. Right. Um, believe you me, what's going on inside there is evil. And they were basically just harassing, harassing these people trying to get to this dinner. I, I, it, it was so, so disturbing. And this is like, I, I can't even. Well, well let, let me just wrap this up here so you can, I mean, it says, this is his comments. He, he, I, I skipped over the part where he's saying mm-hmm. about, you know, we just got to, we've got, the Christian has a responsibility to, to take on this mm-hmm. threat. He says, we will soon have in stock Nicholas Papanakalau's new book, Islam versus the United States. That is the gentleman whose I just read you is the head of the Knights of Malta. Mm-hmm. Okay? He's the head of it. He's got a book coming out, Islam versus the United States. You remember where I was saying that their mission for the last millennium is to fight Islam in mm-hmm. physical battles? Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. His book, he's now t- taking his lofty throne as the head of this group and sitting a, now putting a new book out there, Islam versus the United States. It is a hard-hitting analysis of this issue from one of our Oak Board members and one whose international experience is vast. Nicholas is co-host of the World Public Forum on Civilizations and Religions, which draws top government, religious, and academics from the major nations of the world each year and has had one of the top Islamic scholars read and authenticate his thesis. This is an important work and done so concisely that it can't help but understand the basics of the issue in a few hours. It will be an e-book on Amazon this coming week. And he's finished his new book uh, called I See a New America, uh, which will be available in hard copy. Uh, and it'd be, he says, but some of these talking points are already getting into the news, so I know it will have an impact, and it is on time. Mm-hmm. Uh, above all, we are here as emissaries of the king whose kingdom will surely come. Let us do this with dignity and class with all the representatives of our great king and conduct ourselves. Many of the things we now know are crucial issues for the times we ourselves did not understand a short time ago. Therefore, let us have patience with those who do not yet understand, but be bold and clear with the truth we've been entrusted with. Mm-hmm. Rick Joyner. Now, um, I have been saying that I, my gut told me, I'm seeing this, that they are purposely leading us to a bloody, holy war intentionally. Mm-hmm. And there's some people on the Islamic side, and there may be people in the CIA or intelligence pulling both of these groups. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, they're full of CIA spooks. Sure. This whole organization. It, it, sitting okay? on the board. They're full of them. Yep. So, and you got a Knight of Malta, who their whole purpose of existence for a thousand years mm-hmm. was, was to, to find an, you know, an excuse to fight Islam. And now they're leading, they're leading them right into it. And they said, they, you know, we've got our knowledge right now we've been entrusted with. And just be patient because our talking points are coming now on this. I really think this information starts showing me they really do have a purpose intention that with great loss of life, people it's we know. Horrible. I, I don't. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I looked up this. I looked up this quote by a guy named Milton Mayer. He's a. Yeah. He wrote a book called They Thought They Were Free. Yeah. Uh, Germany, 1933 to 1945. Uh, to live in this process is absolutely not to be able to notice it. Please try to believe me. Unless one has a much greater degree of political awareness, acuity, than most of us had, had ever had occasion to develop. Every step was so small, so inconsequential, so well explained or on occasion regretted, that unless one were detached from the whole process from the beginning, unless one understood that what the whole thing was in principle, what all these little measures that no patriotic German could resent must someday lead to. 
One no more saw it developing from day to day than a farmer in his field saw the corn growing. Uh, one day it was over his head. And that seems to be where we're headed. Yeah. Um, I'm, all of this stuff is just it's really disturbing. They have the full endorsement of our religious leadership. Mm-hmm. Just like what he was saying about the NRB meeting we were at. Mm-hmm. All of, that's the headshed. That's all our top Christian leadership mm-hmm. there. You know, party to that. Of course, again, I didn't see it announced in in the materials that they had online. Mm-hmm. So I don't, you know, but they probably they by invitation probably had major media come and do stuff like this. But that is the official position they've cultivated within the Christian community. It's horrid. Let's get ready for war. Let's get ready to rumble. And do they realize the the bloodshed? See these apostle guys. These apostle guys think, hey, it don't matter how many heads roll. We're already the head leadership. We're going to lead over when the smoke clears. Mm-hmm. Whoever's left, we're going to be in charge. And we're going to be see the people as the first one who knew the threat. Even, even if it's like Poland in 1939 where we have to dress up some of our folks in Polish uniforms mm-hmm. and do it. Yeah. Okay. We're, we'll be the ones seen having led the charge. Well, uh, you know, there is, of course, a president, precedent in uh, uh, false flag operations in Christianity, the biggest one being being Nero. You know, yeah. the first, the first, the first major action of false flag terrorism was Nero burning down the well, burning down the inner inner right. city Rome blame and on then Christians. blaming on the Christians. Yeah. So it's uh, what goes around comes around. Yeah. I wonder what Rick Joyner's gamatritic number is. Well, I thought about this guy when I read when I read him being the heads of the Knights of Malta. I thought, I wonder if he looks in his hairline, see if he has any numbers written on it. <laughs> You know? oh, I'm just gonna be quiet. And it's, to yeah. me, it's, this is this is horrifying. I, it's, uh, it's ridiculous. I'm sorry I took up so much time, but no. I thought I thought this even trumped what we talked about the other day. Yeah, it just took it to another level. Yeah, I have a, I when go on and give me a story, but if you have something, we have time. I'll share with you a little bit. I, I got some stuff from Dennis Cuddy on on the real history of these Muslim Brotherhood. That, really? Uh, yeah, it sort of ties back into this scenario. Great. Assassin's lawyer says Sirhan Sirhan was brainwashed. Since we're all being uplifting here. Yeah. Well, he was he was big into theosophy and stuff like that. Oh, really? So, well, yeah, that would be the theosophy. Do you have a story ready for us? I do. Okay, lay it on. Uh, uh, Sirhan Sir, Assassin's lawyer says Sirhan Sirhan was brainwashed. It's from ABC News, okay. a big conspiracy website. Yeah. Um. A lawyer for Sirhan Sirhan, the confessed assassin of Robert F. Kennedy, plans to present new evidence at a parole hearing suggesting that he did not act alone, was potentially brainwashed, and could not remember anything about the 43-year-old shooting. Uh, There is no question he was hypno-programmed, lawyer William F. Pepper told ABC News. Um, He was set up, he was used, he was manipulated. Sirhan will appear before a California parole board on Wednesday for the 14th time since his May 1969 sentencing. It is the first time he will be represented by Pepper. Taking a page from the conspiracies that have dogged the assassination of Kennedy's brother, John F. Kennedy, Pepper plans to introduce new evidence that suggests there was a second gunman who fatally shot RFK in the kitchen of Los Angeles Hotel following his victory into the 1968 California presidential primary. Uh, Pepper says he believes Sirhan was hypno-programmed, essentially brainwashed, to kill Kennedy, and his memories were then erased. The lawyer's tale has all the markings of a great conspiracy theory, if not a science fiction thriller akin to the Manchurian Candidate. 
Ten independent witnesses say Sirhan was always in front of Bobby, never behind him, said Pepper, but the autopsy says Bobby was shot at close range from behind the right ear. Uh, Pepper says he believes he knows he belie- Pepper says he believes he knows who ordered Sirhan to shoot Kennedy, but won't yet say who it is. He said in addition to the patrol- parole hearing, he is preparing an appeal. Pepper says Sirhan is remorseful for his actions and da 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 da. So that's so that's kind of what's coming on. I, that's that's wow. so like normally that'd be like wow that's interesting, right. but you just like you just you just like you're you start to expect it. It's like, well, okay, it's about I, time that yeah, came out. Yeah, I know. I yeah. mean, here it is again. Here, let me give you a funny one. Let me give you a funny one here. We don't normally have funny ones on Future yeah, Play. Let me, let, me, let me back up here. Dun, dun, dun. Usually with... We're about the carrier pigeons. Oh, here we go. Chinese military trains messengers, messenger pigeons. This is via the Telegraph. China is training 10,000 messenger pigeons to deliver vital military communications in the event of the country's communication systems breaking down. According to the Chinese state media, the pigeons are being trained by a special unit of the People's Liberation Army in central city in the central city of Chengdu. They will primarily... <laughs> I can't even do it with funny voices. Oh, gosh. I don't they, even know what accent that's supposed to be. <laughs> I don't, it, it was supposed to be sort of like Chinese, but it came out wrong. Yeah, it didn't sound like Chinese gruff military. They will be primarily called upon to conduct special military missions between troops stationed at our borders. That's, That's more like uh, Boris Badenov yeah, from Bullwinkle. Yeah. No, they're yeah. both communists, yeah. said Chong Han, an Air Force expert to Chinese Central Television, the state broadcaster. In modern warfare, the, pri- the pigeon is indispensable, he added. There are as many military pigeons as there are soldiers in the Swiss Army, for example. Cheng Chengtao, the, official res- the officer responsible for the pigeon army, said the birds were, were the most practical and effective short and medium distance tool for communications if there is an electromagnetic interference right, right. or a collapse in our signals. Which, which sort of harkens to the whole thing in the Bible when people say, well, did they really use horses to attack in the big battles in the last days, mm-hmm. or was it figurative of tanks? And I thought either from EMP or even Stuxnet, you know, that virus that went through mechanical stuff. Either one of those could shut down electromechanical, and they might be back to horse-led cavalry. Swords and uh-huh, yeah. Man, you'd be, a, you'd be a tough dude if you had a working, working truck and a 50 caliber machine gun and yeah, through all that. Yeah, technical. Yeah, yeah, if you got through that. Yeah. I'll give you a good chariot. There you go. I'll give you one, uh, since that was so short, I'll give you one more, like, yeah. sort of medium. British government UFO files on Rendlesham incident missing. <laughs> that's it. We did a show on that. Yeah, yeah, from totally. From a long time ago. We mentioned. Well, it has been mentioned on the shows yeah. that I've done, and this was probably before yeah. me. The whole Rendell. Peter show. Robbins came on, wrote a book, left at Eastgate about it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, intelligence. I'll just give you four sentences. Intelligence paper papers on a reported UFO sighting known as the Rendlesham incident have gone missing. Files from the National Archives reveal the missing files. Uh, relate to a report of mysterious lights from the U.S. servicemen at RAF Woodbridge in Suffolk in 1980. The disappearance came to light with the release of 8,000 previously classified documents on UFOs. Officials found a, quote, huge gap where defense intelligence files relating to the case should be, the papers show. Hmm. There you go. Surprise, surprise. It's like they lost all the footage of the original moon landing. Yeah, you know, there's 83... There's, there were supposed to be 83 cameras that uh, were covering the wall of the Pentagon that the airplane yeah. from the 9/11 ran into. Yeah. You know how many they have? One. One. And there's a there's a two second gap. 
yeah. in between like you see the nose of the plane and then the other thing hits yeah and that's it all the other all the other cameras yeah. were down reliability is just so bad oh, critical times like that man uh, you never know and it's a sad, sad because the CIA picks up all that stuff and you know they try to help it as best as they could for our sakes you yeah. know, so we could know the truth yeah <laughs> truth tellers they are hey. just ask Mohammed Mossadegh well speaking of that would you like to have a little uh, information of a false flag nature from me Hit it. to share with you for your comment. This is an excerpt from an article by Dr. Dennis Cuddy. He's been on our show mm-hmm. and a continuing series he has called The Power Elite and the Secret Nazi Plan, Part 10. Wow. Uh, and this is a uh, section I thought you might be interested in. Uh, I'm, I'm taking, j- just jumping along in, in the middle of it, okay? It talks about what happened to the Nazis after the war. Uh, I start by saying, regarding the CIA's work with Nazis, John Loftus in The Muslim Brotherhood, Nazis, and Al-Qaeda revealed that many of the Nazis he had been assigned to prosecute uh, when working for the U.S. Attorney General, were on the CIA payroll. Yeah, that's that doesn't surprise me in the least. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah okay. He found this information literally buried in U.S. government vaults underground in Suitland, Maryland. In those vaults, Loftus also found the CIA has volumes of files on the Muslim Brotherhood, a fascist organization that was hired by Western intelligence that evolved over time into what we know today as Al Qaeda. In the 1980s, the Muslim, he's quoting Loftus here, the Muslim Brotherhood became a secret arm of Nazi intelligence, according to Loftus, who mm-hmm. seemed somewhat surprised that at the end of World War II, instead of prosecuting the Nazis, the Muslim Brotherhood, uh, the British government, hired them. Uh, they brought all of the fugitive Nazi war criminals of Arab and Muslim def- descent into Egypt, and for three years they were trained on a special mission. Okay, so the Muslim Brotherhood Nazis, the British, are protecting them and training them. Okay? You sure you don't want to give my presentation? Okay. Holy cow. Have, I, have you talked about this much? No, I, I, I haven't even made it to 85. Okay, well let me just share this. Uh, the British Secret Service wanted to use the fascist of the Muslim Brotherhood to strike down the infant state of Israel in 1948. What the British did then, they sold the Arab Nazis to the predecessor of what became the CIA. Loftus wouldn't have been surprised at this if he had known the connections between the British and Jamal al al-Afghani going back to the 1870s. If he knew Afghani's influence on Muhammad Abdu, whose ideas influenced Hassan al-Banna, founder of Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt in 1928. Also, if he knew that Lord Alfred Milner, who executed Cecil Rhodes' secret plan to take the government of the whole world, told the British House of Lords in 1923 that there must never be a Jewish nation in the Middle East. And if he knew that Herbert Samuel, who was a member of the Milner Group that controlled British foreign affairs for most of the 20th century prior to World War II, in 1921 appointed Hodge uh, Amin al-Husseini as Mufti and head political administrator for Arab Palestine, even though he had killed many Jews, uh, and al-Husseini would become a Nazi ally. Loftus explained that during the 1950s, the CIA evacuated the Nazis of the Muslim Brotherhood like uh, Abdullah Yusuf Azam, uh, became teachers in the madrasas, the religious schools. And there they combined the doctrines of Nazism in this weird Islamic cult, Wahhabism. In these schools, there was a young student who paid attention. The Azam student was named Osama bin Laden. In 1979, the CIA decided to take the Arab Nazis out of cold storage and told the Saudis that we would fund them if they would bring all the Arab Nazis together 
and ship them off to Afghanistan to fight the Russians. We called them Maktab al-Qadid al-Majuddin, the M.A.K. Loftus again seems surprised that after Zam and his assistant Osama bin Laden won the war against the Russians in 89, the CIA left this army of Arab fascists in the field of Afghanistan. Perhaps he wouldn't have been surprised if he had read the Grand Chessboard by Zbigniew Brzezinski, who lured the Soviets into Afghanistan in 79. Uh, if he realized that al-Afghani, mentioned earlier, was an Iranian, and if he understood that the CIA relied on the Galen organization Nazis in Iran, which is the primary threat to Israel today, to overthrow Iran's elected government in 1953. Loftus correctly notes that another threat to Israel is Hamas, which is actually the secret chapter of the Muslim Brotherhood. As I've indicated before, the, the Pyralites' plans involved coercing Israel into joining the recently formed Mediterranean Union, which could then be linked economically to the European Union. In order to do that, Yugoslavia's Slobodan Milosevic was standing in the way, and therefore he had to be removed. Toward that end, the CIA and Arab Nazis would once again join forces. At the heart of the Nazi movement was, of course, Germany, which plays a critical role in the success of the EU. Uh, if you're bored with this, just let me know. I'm, 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 I'm taking it all in. It's okay. just like... Power, uh, yeah. pow! power elite agent and Rhodes Scholar Bill Clinton became president in January 93. And on January 13th, Senator Joe Biden, now Obama's vice president, asked Secretary of State... Uh, nominee Warren Christopher how the new administration would foster the creation of a new world order converting NATO into a military instrument for peacekeeping under UN auspices uh, NATO would be headed militarily by Rhodes Scholar General Wesley Clark and on April 3rd, 95 the Clinton administration appointed Major retired Major General John Sewell, Rhodes Scholar mm -hmm. uh, as a special military advisor to help integrate the armed forces of the Bosnian Muslims and Croats the various factions in Yugoslavia met in Dayton, Ohio, which I was there at the time this happened, mm -hmm. and the Bosnian Peace Accords were signed in November '95, with the Croatian leader, Franco uh, Tuđman, saying he believed the agreements would result in a lasting peace and create conditions necessary for the establishment of a new international order in this part of the world. You didn't sign that agreement, did you? I was not involved in that. No. You know what? I did ha have a lot of my military friends over there uh -huh. that were required to take these diplomats diplomats out for the night mm -hmm. because people were dying in mass and every day they delay there were more and more people being massacred and they wanted to spend every night going out to stripper bars great and they were told by their commanders they had to take them to the nudie bars and mm -hmm. all that sort of kind of stuff is while they kept delaying they wanted all this liquor and all this other kind of stuff mm -hmm. while their their citizens were just being butchered very typical yeah very typical of the kings of the earth um even minor ones that's right even the minor ones explaining what happened u.s representative randy cunningham on december 695 revealed germany sees its economic future in the hands of the balkans this is why the eu leaders on june uh, 2795 sent mediator carl bilt to serbia to demand the opening of a land corridor to the Adriatic, uh, which then leads to the Mediterranean. But, but the Yugoslavian leader Milosevic was still a problem, so the power elite had to devise a means to remove him. The Arab Nazis of the Muslim Brotherhood's Al-Qaeda, Osama bin Laden, allied with Albanian Muslims to support the Muslim Kosovo Liberation Army. According to the former Canadian ambassador to Yugoslavia, James Bissett in We Created a Monster, 
long before the NATO bombing of Serbia began in November or March 1999, supposedly because of ethnic cleansing in Kosovo. We now know that NATO countries were inciting violence in Kosovo and attempting to destabilize the Serbian province. Media reports have revealed that as early as 98, the Central Intelligence Agency, assisted by British Special Armed Services, were arming and training Kosovo Liberation Army members in Albania to foment armed rebellion in Kosovo. Really? Yeah. Wow. Before then, the KLA terrorists were sent back to Kosovo to assassinate Serbian mayors, ambush Serbian policemen, and do everything possible. This, this is like Operation Ajax writ large. And it's a total story we didn't get. Yeah. Okay. Uh, everything possible to incite murder and chaos. Now, the thing is, these guys are some Muslim types, but they're hired by our people. Yeah. Okay? That's... A- that's uh, 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 yeah, that's that's M.O., yeah. that's yeah. the textbook from the, from right. the CIA. After bombing Yugoslavia into submission, NATO then stood by and submissively allowed the KLA to murder, pillage, and burn. Uh, June 1999, Milosevic accepted NATO's demands to stop the bombing. This was after he was indicted by the International Criminal Tribunal in Yugoslavia for war crimes. On April t- uh, 24, uh, 21, 2001, he was arrested and then extradited to The Hague in June. In February 2002, his trial started. In January 2003, he pled not guilty. Mm-hmm. While the trial was still going on, he was found mysteriously dead in his cell in March 2006. Uh, it says Milosevic was no longer an obstacle to the power elite's plans to connect the EU to the future Mediterranean Union to be established formally on January 27, 2010, which was after the date of this article. Uh, in anticipation of the Mediterranean Union's formal establishment, on January 21, 2010, the first meeting of the Euro-Mediterranean Regional and Local Assembly was called by power elite agent Javier Solana. And I know, know that name. Javier Solana, he was the head of NATO, head yeah. of the Western European Union, mm-hmm. enemy number one to Constance Cumbie, um, <laughs> who had simply, and he's the most powerful man in Europe, who had simply been a physics professor in Virginia. But Mater led, uh, made political head of NATO by Rhodes Scholars Bill Clinton, Strobe Talbot, and Richard Garner. Wow. I want that. You want I want a copy of that? I want okay. a copy of that, if I may. Okay. Thank you. And, and I think that is yet another example of when my Christian friends look at me real strangely and say, well, don't we have to get these Muslim terrorists that are kill killing us? we got to kill them Muslims! And, I, and, I, and I'm thinking, yeah. you know, there are some people that are dressed in Muslim garb, that are killing people and doing stuff, but they are the symptom. They are not the root. Okay, You get rid of them and there will be more to replace them. And the reason why is that we have Western intelligence that is hiring them to go do all the stuff we see in the world. So until you see the root of Western intelligence, you're never going to deal with these people appropriately. Hmm. Would you agree with me? Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I'm just... I'm sorry that I'm I'm distant because I'm looking at the next story here and it sort of kind of gloves into all of these things that we've been talking okay. about and it's just like I forgot about this one and it makes me sad. Pentagon Papers whistleblowers and con- congressmen call for a new 9/11 investigation. So we've got Daniel Ellsberg and Mike Grava both saying that things are all afoul. Um the two main players in releasing the Pentagon Papers were Daniel Ellsberg and United States Mike Senator Mike Gravel. Oh, my gosh. My computer's decided to stop. Hmm? Ha-ha. You got it back? No. It's toast. You want me to fill in a spot to yeah, get it? Yeah, please. Okay. Please. You'll like this one. This is, this, this, is a doc, this is a Tom Bionic story, if you've got... 
if you, if you can recover that, unless you get your power supply or something to plug in here. No, it's not that. It's uh, Firefox is not responding. Okay. Well, let, let me let me just share something you might get a hoot out of. Uh, another runaway general army deploys psyops on U.S. senators. Oh, I was gonna. Gosh, I was gonna get to that one at some point. Well, oh, man, do you want to read it? No, no, no. You go ahead. Okay, this is from Rolling Stone. Yeah, magazine. this was so bad. This is ridiculous. Uh, the U.S. Army illegally ordered a team of soldiers specializing in psychological operations to manipulate visiting senators into providing more troops and funding for the war. Rolling Stones has learned. And when an officer tried to stop the operation, he was railroaded by military investigators. The orders came from the command of Lieutenant General William Caldwell, a three-star general in charge of training Afghan troops, the linchpin of U.S. strategy in the war. Would you, would you like to read this story? No, please sure. Please okay, do. over a four-month period last year, a military cell devoted to what is known as information operations at Camp Eggers in Kabul was repeatedly pressured to target visiting senators and other VIPs who met with Caldwell. When the unit resisted the order, arguing that it violated U.S. laws prohibiting the use of propaganda against American citizens, it was subjected to a campaign of retaliation. My job in PSYOPs is to play with people's heads, to get the enemy to behave the way we want them to behave, says Lieutenant Colonel Michael Holmes, the leader of the I.O. unit, who who received an official reprimand after bucking orders. I'm prohibited from doing that to our own people. When you ask me to try to use these skills on senators and congressmen, you're crossing a line. Mm -hmm. Um, The list of targeted visitors was long, according to interviews with members of the I.O. team and internal documents obtained by Rolling Stone. Those singled out in the campaign. Now, these are trying to manipulate. It's it's using psyops. It's using weapons Mm -hmm. of war on our own leadership. Mm -hmm. Weapons of war. Okay. It included uh, basically attacks on Senators John McCain, Joe Lieberman, Jack Reed, Al Franken, and Carl Levin. Representative Steve Israel of the House Appropriations Committee and Mike Mullen of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Czech Ambassador to Afghanistan, the German Interior Minister, and a host of influential think tank analysts. The incident offers an indication of just how desperate the U.S. command in Afghanistan is to suspend American civilian leaders into supporting an increasingly unpopular war. According to the Defense Department's own definition, PSYOPs, the use of propaganda and psychological tactics to influence the emotions and behaviors are supposed to be used exclusively on hostile foreign groups. Um, federal law forbids the military from practicing psyops on Americans, and each defense authorization bill comes with a propaganda writer that also prohibits such manipulation. Except they 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 give two hundred billion dollars a year to the major networks to put pro-government messages in sitcoms. So, and they hire retired generals to go in as disinterested people who are just giving their opinion mm-hmm. as regular civilians, but they've been hired by the Defense Department to sell it in the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they hire and the ambassador's program. daughter to give testimony about how bad the Iraqi soldiers were. And I'm sure they were bad, but the whole point is that... Oh, you mean about where they, they threw the babies? Yeah, threw the babies yeah. out of the Total fabrication. Yeah, that's complete, called lying. Complete fabrication. That's called lying. To me, that's treasonous behavior against the American people. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. But, of course, at least our, you know, our leadership, of our American leadership in the religious sphere, they can't really get to that kind of stuff because they got to go get a war going with the Islamic people on Sharia mm-hmm. law. That's why they have to meet at the NRB. Mm-hmm. I, I doubt outside I of that prayer event that we had... Mm-hmm. 
that prayer event, that was the only time this kind of stuff was mentioned anywhere around the NRB. Well, hopefully God listened to us more than he listened to them. You know, What do you think God will do? Will God just give us over to our reprobate mind? Um, it's It seems my experience that God has a tendency to give you over to whatever whatever it is you really ask for. Like, you're like, uh, a good example of that would be, um, you know, David always had, you know, kind of problems with women. You know, a little yeah. bit, kind of an eye for women. Well, you know, at the end of the day, though, God said, well, it's a man after my own heart. You know, look at Solomon. Solomon was like, a hundred times worse. And that's what was the downfall of, of Solomon, you know. So you see this magnification, of course, of, of David's sin through the generations. Uh, another good example of that would be, um, well, gosh, you know, like, like Hezekiah, you're going to, mm-hmm. Isaiah comes to him and says, you're going to die. And then. But I'm just thinking about you and me and the number of people, our Futurians, who email us mm-hmm. and people like this who see this stuff. Mm-hmm. Dr. Stan, you know, mm-hmm. our Revelations Radio Network people. Aside from this really small minority, are we just going to go down with the ship, you think? I don't know. I guess I guess it all comes down to, like, is God really in charge? You know, is he really I in vote char- yes. I'm going to have to go with yes on that. And then yeah. the next question becomes, if you are, I mean, if you are trying, really trying to, you know, Live your life for God and, and put Him in charge, and you know everybody's got mm-hmm. a different view of that, and that I, I understand and respect that. But if you're really honestly trying to put Him in charge, and all of this stuff goes down with the ship, and you have, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll say I'll, you know, like the our, our brothers and sisters who came out for the prayer meeting, in some way, shape, or form, they said, well, we want to fight against this the only way we know how. Pray about it. Um. I don't. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time thinking that God is going to punish people for for those behaviors. But do, I could. Do you think? I mean, you know, a lot of times when a whole nation goes down, everybody suffers. You know. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but He also preserves people, particularly when the a, church in America, the church in America as a whole, mm-hmm. is the one that's contributing to this. Sure. They want a war. They they want a bloodthirsty war. They want a bloodbath. They and wanna, I, I suggest all of our listeners, when when you're talking to all your other Christian friends, talking about we got to do something about this Sharia law, we got to do something, about, we're going to be the Muslims. Put them on the spot and say, okay, what do we do? What do you recommend we do? And you'll hear a lot of hemming and hawing, and um, the positions are sort of self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. Okay, what what are you going to do? Except imprison people? Are you going to uh, ban the practice of the faith? Are you going to deport all of them? What What are you going to do? I mean, what What do people? You know, if and I've said this many times. If you want to pass laws that build a really solid, a solid rock between the government, civil government, and actions of religion, then I'm all for that. I'll be with you to do that to protect against Sharia law or even against Christian dominionists because they both offer a threat to me. I I will do that. But if if you're talking about just trying to isolate one religion and doing it, not only is that against the golden rule and not honoring Christ, but it will come back to haunt Christians because that same activity will be done in reverse to us. 
because the powers that be in government, they will play along with us on the whole Muslim thing, but they also don't like Christians, true Christians very much either. And as we've said many times, we will tie the noose that we ourselves are hung with. Yeah. But I tell you, I was just really burdened today. You know, Me too. I'm, I'm more of like just keep on chugging, keep on doing this. But as you know, and probably some of our listeners know, this is something that, and it doesn't look by the quality of the show, but this stuff consumes me from the time I get up in the morning until the time I go to bed at night. I mean, I'm yeah. not even working a regular job now of any type. It's all answering emails. It's all going through materials people send me. Mm-hmm. It's getting stuff for the show. It's doing these special events we do, like this presentation, book writing stuff. I mean, it's all focused on the stuff, and it's nonstop. And, and, and I know, you know, Mrs. Future and other loved ones probably think, you know, what's wrong with you, man? I mean, why is this stuff so consumed? And I just feel like... Because people are going to die. Does anybody care? People are... Uh, Mike, Aside by a handful of Futurians, I'm does so, anybody care? I'm so with you, Mike. Uh, a couple of days ago, I mentioned that I mentioned that short video I watched about the uh, the tea partiers. Yeah. I was... I was I was visibly disturbed. You know, coworkers saw me and they said, "What's wrong?" And I showed them the showed one of them the video. Yeah. And they um, they all went, "Wow." And then they were disturbed. Yeah. They said, "Is this what it's? If this is is this what it's come to?" Most Christians I see just shrug their shoulders over yeah, the stuff care. we talked about. Nah, it's just a bunch of weird guys. I don't care. It's certainly not worth taking any of my time. I mean, that's the general thought. Mm-hmm. Why would I take my time away from my entertainment or other kind of activities? I don't mean this is a pity party. I'm glad to be able to serve the Lord. But it just gets so frustrating mm-hmm. to spend all your waking hours trying to find this information, to share it to Christians. And mm-hmm. I'm so thankful for our Futurians that do care, that respond to us. But if I could plead with them, and it's you don't owe me anything out there or, or us, but if you would please try to put this information on some message boards, Christian message boards, with pastors or any way you can put this out and try to confront them and see what people say about it mm-hmm. so we can make some kind of difference. I know we're making a difference one person at a time. But it just doesn't seem like it's fast enough. But I these know. guys, they have all the money. I mean, you, you those people I was They don't reading, have all the money. God's got power. all the money. Well, he's got all of it. But what I'm saying is they're incredibly powerful. They've got the arms of Christian media. They put this stuff out. Most of the stuff is advertised for free, mm-hmm. you know. And we're struggling to fill a room for like politics, religion conference, or you know, some other conference mm-hmm. we go to, of stuff that's supremely more Bible-based, intellectual stuff mm-hmm. that really has meat to it, and cannot fill a room of Christians who care about the topic. I'm all alone. I'm just perplexed. There man. is only me, Lord. No, I know, I know. There's the seven thousand more, thing. you goofball. But all I'm trying to think is how can we be effective? I know we have to obey the Lord whether we make a difference or not. But with this tide flowing, I'm open to ideas from our listeners. If there's any way that with the resources we have, which is not much but our time, Mm -hmm. is there some way we can have a bigger impact to reach the body of Christ in a larger way? Now, if they they just poo-poo what we say, then, then, you know, the die is cast at that point. Yeah. But how can we confront people with information to get them to stop and think on the kind of scale we need? When we when we don't have people with deep pockets mm-hmm. writing what we're doing, buying airtime, buying radio time, paying for staff, you know, having all the bells and whistles that impress people like the NRB. Mm-hmm. What do we just, What do we do? I just I just don't know. 
Huh. I'm praying, you know. There's so many people. Is it, is it already written? Basically, what I'm saying is it like is it like the the exile, you know? Is it already foretold? Where like Jeremiah and these guys just still had to go through their thing anyway to honor God, but it was already foretold it was going to happen. Well, I'm not I'm not that Calvinist about it. Yeah, I'm not that. Well, I mean, I've it, always got some free will, and maybe it could that's, still be an arrow of judgment. I mean, as far as individuals, sure. I think every individual has their choice. But is it a, is it a point where the the spirit has so left the American church? I don't know. I don't know, Mike. I wish I could say that. Oh no, of course not, and all this <laughs> stuff. But yeah, I just I just don't know. I just really felt burned today because I you know I sat there on the couch with the laptop with Pyro mm-hmm. until my my rear end hurts. Yeah, going through this information, talking to the wonderful Cheerians on mm-hmm. email, sending information. They care. We care. How do we get a quorum of people to care? And 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 then I read these stories about the power of these people running these big conferences with money coming out their ears. Basically sending stuff, telling people what they want to hear. And they're like the prophets of Baal. They're telling people stuff that makes them feel good. We're better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. We we got the big bad guns. We can kick around people. We just need to do it. You know, and, and our information is not nearly as cheery. Yep. Um, now, anyway. when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to go over to the other side. And a scribe came up and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said... Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. You know? Mm-hmm. Not even a Christian radio station would be part of that anymore. Yeah, well, that requires money. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, if I could just say in closing on this story, basically what happened is this one gentleman, uh, Lieutenant Colonel, um, said that this was not right, and they chewed his head off. Mm-hmm. And they trumped up charges against him. Oh, it's horrible! To, to 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 try to get rid of him and and put a reprimand on the stuff over something that was totally ridiculous, mm-hmm. because he wouldn't go along with the stuff. Hmm. And and also they tried to fabricate some kind of affair between him and somebody else he worked with, mm-hmm. and she was just an innocent victim as part of it. And if I could just read her response, because she was just yeah. a third party victim. Please. Um, <coughs> she, she said. Uh, um. Levine was her last name. She says, Levine, who's had a spotless record in 19 service awards and 16 years in the military, including a tour of duty in Kuwait and Iraq, fears that she's become the collateral damage in the military's effort to retaliate against homes. It will probably end my career, she says. My father was an officer, and I believed officers would never act like this. I was devastated. I've lost my faith in the military, and I couldn't in good conscience recommend anyone joining right now. Wow. So... Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Well, can I at least be anxious for today? I'm trying to add a cubit to my stature. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can, can we close with some email things? Talk about say, our bring on the emails. We're going, we're, we're going a little late, but let's yep. go with some, some emails. Well, here. I mean, we're not on the radio, so it's not like we have to end it. Yeah, day. you know, I try to get these shows where they'll fit on an 80-minute CD, but our oh. news ones aren't... So much people probably aren't passing this kind of drivel around that we talk about yeah, on here. Sure. May, maybe when we have Britney a guest, Spears, it's worth keeping. But Britney Spears talks at the NRB with what? Aleister Crowley, what? And Jim Morrison. Yeah, they should have advertised that one. You know, uh, the day destroys the night. The night divides the day. <laughs> I told you to stay off that ayahuasca. Wow, wasn't that, was, wasn't it in the Bible somewhere? <laughs> 
this is from No Name, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I think this was the horse that somebody rode through the desert on. But it was, it was good, good to, to stay get out of the rain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is actually a good friend of ours, we know, but they're, they're okay. going as No Name for certain yeah. reasons. Uh, they had responded with information, uh, of which I will have to share later because it's too long. Uh, from global research about America's war on drugs, mm-hmm. uh, the CIA recruited mercenaries and drug traffickers. Oh, I think I know who this is. It is a classic uh, thing that talks about how the CIA basically runs a major part of the world drug traffic and yeah. why. Oh, and I'll why. give you some. I'll give you some in, inside info on that. You wanna yeah. you wanna hear it right now or you wanna hear it later? I don't know. Okay. If you can do it in one minute. Okay, Abdullah Kotli, trained by the CIA uh, to be part of the Turkish Stay Behind secret military. Uh, Philip Agga, the guy who shot the Pope. Yep. Ganka Us, uh, Catley's girlfriend, who was a former Turkish beauty queen turned mob, mafia hit woman. Mm-hmm. And the head of Turkish parliament were all uh, all going 100 miles an hour in a Mercedes when they hit a tractor on the road in 1996, and it killed three of them. And uh, they were all, it comes out that they were all in the middle of working on a big, hmm. gigantic uh, clearing of the heroin highway there in Turkey. Hmm. They, were, they were part of a caravan of three or four cars that involved them plus some other people. Uh, um, hmm. uh, You've just opened a mystery rather than solved anything. Now, I don't know what what was going on with those people. Yeah. Well, okay. You've got you've got a, a guy who runs the heroin highway in Turkey. Yeah. His girlfriend, uh, the guy who shot the Pope, and uh, yeah. uh, the leader of the Turkish Parliament, all in the same car together. So, so really, I, th- I think this leads to, to shoot a bigger picture, if this is not too overreaching, that basically all of these world figures and all these weird things happening around the world, mm-hmm. you know, it to- looks like totally unrelated. The one thing that they- usually most of the time they have in common is that they're on the CIA payroll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it looks like they have nothing in common, for some reason there is an mm-hmm. orchestrator of events that is going on, and it's not being excessively mm-hmm. paranoid to say that odds are high that's true. Yep. Well, let me let me get back to this email here, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I had told him how much I appreciated his uh, sending me this information on the drug trafficking, mm-hmm. and he says, uh, it really makes me sick. He says, uh, uh, if you remember, I shared with you that I had a do- drug, uh, uh, drug problem as a young adult. I was pretty far gone. It's a tribute to God's mercy and grace because he delivered me from addiction and despair. Mm-hmm. I have now graduated uh, summa cum laude with a BS in multiple disciplinary st- studies in mathematics and religion and have straight A's in seminary. This is all God's doing. Yeah. I believe he will use my dark days for his good purposes. Uh, I think I know who that is, and if yeah. it's who I think it is, yeah. he is making a powerful difference for yeah. the Lord. Yeah. He always he shows has, up in conversations like, I'm like, gosh, I wish he said that. that ah. then, then you're thinking of a person. He says, I have been places most Christian thinkers have not. He says, I accept responsibility like for my future quake. Well, that's true. <laughs> I have accept responsibility for my actions. I am a product of my own sin nature as much as anything. Mm-hmm. Yet it now turns out that my government is trading on the very same evil, destructive influence that almost led me to suicide. Mm-hmm. The same government that routinely jails people for merely possessing what they are in fact importing. Mm-hmm. It's highly likely that the drugs that almost killed me and have killed millions of Americans were imported by the CIA. It's truly mind-boggling. Well, not really. I guess it's only shocking if you're still presuming that they have the best interest of the country of mine. The God of this world is running America. Our only hope is Christ. Boom. So he's always got the he's always got the killer word. Okay, so at least there's three of us thinking yeah. that way. Thank you, man. Yeah. You know who you are. That's and right. I think we, I and too. we love you. Yep. 
Um, this this is the lengthy one that I passed on last time because we, we were running late. So since we're running late, you want me mm-hmm. to do it? Um, this was the email that was sent by um, Brother Kyle to um, Joseph Farah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, this is way back, asking yeah. about the war back in 2003, okay? This was January 24, 2003, when he started mm-hmm. asking questions about going to war in Iraq, okay? Mm-hmm. Kyle got it before the rest of us did, or you and me. Um, he says, uh, Mr. Farah, I've been a big fan of your work since WorldNet Daily went online a few years back. I appreciate the opportunity you've given many of us to get a clear picture of events around us. He says, over the years, I found your editorials to be solid and reliable. However, on the issue of Iraq, I must vigorously disagree with your stance, because he was wanting to go to war in Iraq, mm-hmm. uh, Joseph Farah. Now, up front, I want to say that it does not logically follow that if I oppose the war in Iraq, that I'm in favor of Saddam Hussein. He's a brutal, ruthless dictator, and has deliberately caused the death of many people. But saying that does not justify violating another nation's sovereignty. This this person is so mature. I just so impressed with Kyle. Iraq has not declared war on us. No Iraqi soldiers have landed on American soil. And unlike 12 years ago, Iraq has not even invaded another nation. Blessed so, are the peacemakers, for they shall uh, they shall be called sons of God. Yeah. Sorry. We're a Christian nation, so we've already got that box checked. Yeah. So why are we uh, then invading them? Simply because they might attack us? Mr. Farrow, you should know the foolishness of such an argument. By that logic, I should strike out at anyone I meet who I deem a threat. That sounds silly when reviewed from an individual perspective. I get to take people out merely because I feel threatened by them. Now, of course, there is a difference between someone who looks at you threateningly and someone who comes walking with a knife drawn or gun out. Uh, and I assume if we go back to the national level, you would say Iraq's sponsorship of terrorism is that gun or knife. Or perhaps you would say they have already attacked us in the strike on 911. Now, this, this, he's basing this on what little we knew in 2003, okay? He says, here's where my biggest concern lies. Not in that Saddam Hussein's brutal dictator, and not that he sponsored terrorism, or, or that he should be punished if he's complicit in that one one. There's been no credible evidence linking him to that incident. All we have is a vague reference to an agent of al-Qaeda meeting with someone in the Iraqi government. For this, we will invade Iraq and cause the deaths of thousands and thousands of people. More like millions. Yeah. Um, well, Madeleine Albright said that somebody questioned her, said, you know, half a million children have died in the Iraq war. Do you think it wor- it's worth it? And she looked right into the camera and she says, our opinion is that it's worth it. Yeah. He says, uh, and consider who gave us this evidence, Mr. Farrow. Who is telling us that we must do this? Is the, is the U.S. government reliable or credible? Yeah, didn't even know that at the time. Yeah. Uh, you should know even better than I do how much deception and criminal activity has gone on there in the last decade. What a perfect, what a perfect secret moniker for a faulty source. Yeah, curveball. <laughs> yeah, but you know, think of the wisdom of Kyle back in January 2003. Yeah, man. When I was going rah rah, go get him in a rock. Mm-hmm. Okay. He says, regardless of which administration's power, can we believe the government has, has given us Waco, Ruby Ridge, Oklahoma City, Vince Foster, Ron Brown, Whitewater, TW800, and others can be a legitimate source of information on whether or not we should invade Iraq? Mm-hmm. You know, if more of us were like Kyle back then, we may not have had a war in Iraq. Uh, okay. Um, I know many people would say those things that occurred during the Clinton regime, but what about all the thrilling things we're experiencing today? The Patriot Act, Homeland Security, Total Information Awareness, and human rights violations at airports. Even 911, there are questions that need to be asked. Uh, okay, so then he just goes on and on. He says, why should thousands of innocent Iraqis die because their leader is evil? 
If they are mobilizing for war, I would have no problem shooting Iraqi soldiers. They have not attacked us, and we are attacking them. This foolishness about weapons of mass destruction is just that, foolishness. Mm -hmm. I'll even grant that Saddam has them, but so what? He's a dick. We sold it to him. Yeah. I mean, Rumsfeld. Yeah, well, he used them, though. He used them up on uh, on uh, Iranians, so yeah, okay. we used I, our American ones up. Yeah. He's a dictator, not an idiot. And the Kurds. We have thousand times more WMDs than he does and knows the government will use them. Um, he says, well, they, and let's not bring up he might use his WMDs. That's a straw man argument, and falling into his conclusion means that we should attack every country that poses a threat, North Korea, China, and nearly all the Middle East. He says we might as well throw Russia in there. Um, he says, I'm sorry we've gone like this, but I feel like we're being led by the nose with discernment and resistance to propaganda that most WND, uh, World Net Daily readers uh, possesses. I find it hard to believe that there are relatively few people who aren't taking a step back and asking, hey, what's going on here? There's just not something quite right about this. Sincerely, Kyle. And then here's Kyle's. I actually got a response from Joseph Farah. Oh. He says, after that very detailed, you know, lengthy mm-hmm. argument, mm-hmm. he says, okay, Kyle. Your information is from the government. Mine is not. We're going to war with Iraq. You can stand on the sidelines and criticize, or you can join in this righteous fight for life and freedom. Seriously? The choice is yours. That's what he wrote? That's what he wrote. Okay. So, I think he was shocked by that response. I'll bet so. That was the righteous, righteous fight for life and freedom in Iraq. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh. So then uh, he sends something to uh, Rockwell. Uh, uh, um, Lou Rockwell. Lou Rockwell. And Lou Rockwell responds. Okay. Lou Rockwell says, uh, Kyle, you're right, of course. As to Joe, talking about Joseph Farah, he fired me as a World Net Daily columnist, not a paid position. Keep learning and reading. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so evidently um, it gets filed off to somebody else who writes at Lou Rockwell. Okay. Mm-hmm. And her name is uh, Karen DeCoster, okay? Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, I believe I may, I may have read one of her articles at some, yeah. time, some point. Yeah. Um, and, and then... Uh, this says, uh, good morning. He sent to Karen DeCoster. He says, Mr. Coster, I finished reading your blog article on February 2nd. That was after I saw the article in today's World Net Daily. It feels me with a great sense of loss to say that you're right and Tom Ambrose is wrong. Uh, not because I'm sad to see you're correct, but sad because it means one of, the, one of the best independent websites out there. The news organization that gave me a bit of hope has fallen so far. Um, yeah, for some time, I thought it was just me. Then I was just being paranoid. But after 911, when I was expecting World Net Daily to really ramp up its legitimate criticism of the federal government, and instead became stridently defend Israel, attack Iraq. And many of the more quirky, offbeat columnists fell by the wayside. Hmm. I wanted you to know uh, that I did write Joe about this changeable net daily, and I pleaded with him to reconsider his position on Iraq. Unlike you, however, he did uh, unlike uh, he did respond, but considering what he said, I almost wish he hadn't. Um, and then he says, uh, if I may digress, digress a bit, the more I see, the more cynical I become about government in any form. I just learned something yesterday that did nothing to help the situation. Um, uh, one of my clients uh, was talking about an experience as an Army Ranger years ago. We were chatting about the military experience, and he said he was familiar with the Battle of Mogadishu mm-hmm. in Black Hawk Down. Mm-hmm. He said, I commented that the film was very well done, but I was startled by the huge disparity in the amount of American casualties 
versus Somalian, like 19 Americans versus 1,000 Somalian. Mm -hmm. My client casually mentioned that the actual number of Somalian casualties was much greater, much, much greater, on the order of 12 to 13,000 were killed, uh, you know, compared to the 19 Americans. When the truth of our nation's history is known, I think Americans will be shocked by what they see, or maybe I'll be shocked at how many don't care. He says, anyway, my apologies for taking so much of your time. I've also included an email sent to Lou. You're welcome to read the whole mess. Um, and then she responds to him. She's, I think, again, writing uh, through Lou Rockwell. Uh, she says, Kyle, believe it or not, the first thing that got me thinking about Farrah's insanity was your email and his response. So your letter really made me think about this. And when someone sent me the Clara Harris column, I decided to blog it. So you were the key to all this. So then she actually blogged um, about this. Um, you know, a verse keeps coming to my mind in the midst of all this. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Yeah. It's like, wow, that, that and as, as emotionally charged as the show has been, Yeah. that sort of, that's like a small little glimmer of hope right there. Well, you know what? I want to. Hunger and thirst after righteousness, I do. I tell you what you do. But do we have a duty also to expose this kind of stuff uh-huh. in that in that I process? Would say, well, I'd say that, that, part of that process. Falls, falls part of that process. I mean, we have personal morality or personal day-to-day life mm-hmm. righteousness, which we can't neglect. There's there's something to be said for standing up for somebody who's getting beat up on the side of the road yeah. by two guys. There's also something Even if they're a different religion? Who is your brother? <laughs> You mean like a Samaritan who has a totally different yeah. religion than me? As a uh, yeah, a Samaritan Judean? who's looked at as like an outcast, you know, yeah. uh, in that society. That's like saying, yeah. like you know, like a religious right winger is being beat up and laying on the side of the yeah. road, and so and, I would actually and, even and like try to help him as opposed and, and help him, you know, yeah. and that's yeah. your brother, you know. Right. So I'd actually help him instead of kicking him some more while he's injured. Well, yeah, you well, that's the official thing. Depends on are you armed yeah. or not, or. Well, he, let, let me government, just... you wear an appropriate costume with jewelry and... Well, that's right. You sound like Will Grigg now. <laughs> um, this is... Uh, let, me, let me just... I know this is a little long, but I just... Yeah, I'm please, amazed at please. Kyle in 2003, January, having these thoughts. Mm-hmm. He says... Uh, now, he's talking to her. He says, uh, the more I think about it, uh, the more I keep coming back to the spontaneous thought I threw out at Lou Rockwell. Iraq really is not much of a threat to the U.S., but they may be a noticeable one to Israel. And he wants us to take care of that threat to the Holy Land. Now speculation about Zionist influence and how uh, Mr. Farah could be a useful idiot of that movement could take days. I don't have time for that now, but in short, I think he's doing it out of a standard and yet no less sincere belief that God will literally bless those who bless Israel and curse those who curse. And perhaps Saddam Hussein is part of Satan's move to crush God's chosen people. Mm-hmm. Of course, you may be aware of some theological speculation going on as whether or not modern-day Israel is really the continuation of the ancient God-ordained kingdom. And I'll drop a, a bit of a topic that I really don't have time for, uh, and that being, is Mr. Fair a part of that whole left-behind crowd that in a way promotes war engulfing Israel because then it would hasten the coming of Christ? Perhaps you know something of these things, perhaps not. I'd be happy to keep blathering about it if you wish. Um, which, to me, he's opening additional cans of worm, the kind of questions that should be asked. Mm-hmm. Okay? And this is a, a later discussion. Um, okay, he's talking about how, how they're suggesting what Saddam Hussein was tied to in the communication. He says, the problem I have with the very plausibility of the evidence 
uh, that has been provided about Saddam Hussein, which now we've shown it's all untrue. Yeah. If, if Saddam was really involved in the lower, first tower bombing, Oklahoma City, TWA 800, and the feds, knowing more of the truth than Pharaoh most likely know that, then why didn't they come out saying so? Because Saddam Hussein was never brought up for any of those events. We mm. know when they have hard evidence linking Saddam to any major terrorist attacks would probably smother the anti-war movement. It would even get people motivated that they were shortly after 911. It would improve foreign relations. See where I'm going with this? Farrah writes this article with all this justification and it establishes an incredible link between Saddam and 911. Um, at least valid enough to be taken seriously at home and abroad. Yet I don't see the feds using one iota of it. But if it would help the government get the legitimacy it needs, why not use it? Especially if they could fill in some affairs blanks. Um, I have not seen any plausible arguments supporting Ferris' hopes. But Iraq doesn't have to be involved. Our government can link them at some point, and it doesn't matter what the facts are. Americans will buy all the soap their government wants to sell them. Ferris' journalism... It's so lowbrow as compared to serious commentary. It's like comparing Boone's Farm wine to 20-year-old French wine. And their headlines are on that daily on par with those at the Inquirer and People magazine. Uh, but this, you know, again, he's got this eight years ago. He's picked up all this. Um, I'll leave it at that. He's got some more incredibly uh, things to say on here about this. But I just want to in- encourage people that there's fellows like Kyle out there who understood this stuff way before I did. And um, how can we get more people to think like him? Uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Uh, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom well, of I'll heaven. Well, I tell you what, I'm mourning. I'm mourning about the state, not only of our country, but mm-hmm. the state of the church in America, so... Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Okay. I do thirst for righteousness in my own life. Yeah. And I also thirst for it for the church in America. Mm-hmm. So, and I, you know, I want to seek truth. Yep. Would you like to close with something a little weird? Call it a day? As if the last well, 90 minutes have not have been like pretty much run of the mill. Well, you want to close something that's sort of interesting? This is from our friend Sherry, who's a regular listener. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that might be a hoot for some folk. Um, it says, Dr. Future and Tom Bionic, I've come into possession of the Apostolic Council of Prophetic Elders Prophecies for 2011. Great. Bill Hammond is one who believes the seven mountains should be taken back by the church. While I do not agree with dominionism based strictly on even a cursory read of Revelation, there's some things that are worthy of notice. Chew the meat and spit out the bones. What I find that trying to preserve these earthly kingdoms rather than coming to a clear understanding of the time and season we're in, when the Lord is shaking everything that can be possibly shaken, so that which that cannot be shaken will remain, is one of the greatest errors the church is experiencing right now. It seems the church is trying to prop up a rotting corpse rather than looking up because their redemption draws nigh. Hope I don't sound too critical, Alfred, as, mm-hmm. as the observation. Says I was in the charismatic movement for many years. No longer, even though I would still believe in modern era miracles, prophecies, tongues. This movement has, I fear, veered off the narrow path and gone in deep deception due to power and control motives, hubris, and mammon. I love mammon. your. I love that mammon. I love your program. I've been listening about four years. I've also listened to every archive program. Another person's listened mm-hmm. to two hundred and fifty something shows. Mm-hmm. I want to thank you so much because when the Lord pulled me out of the church structure, I landed a bit more softly because you guys were out there. And the Holy Spirit led me to you. 
Sweet. Well, here is the Word of the Lord 2011. Are you ready for the Word of the Lord? All right. We, <laughs> this is what Please she don't, put. Don't call it that. Well, that's what they say. Well, that's what they call it. There's the a lot of things that people say that I okay. think are blasphemous, and okay. that's one of them. We could have done this in lieu of having our prediction show that we had. You a few know, that's ago. what we should have done. Is had had, had them as a guest, prophets and apostles yeah. on here. Yeah. Okay. Here you go. I'm gonna just hit some highlights. Yeah. Because there's a lot of they're 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 not predictions because they're going to happen because they're prophets. Mm-hmm. Each year, the Apostolic Council of Prophetic Elders, that's the ACPE, by the way. Mm-hmm. meets to seek the Lord for the prophetic word. This is a team of respected prophets who have the conviction that they are an Acts 13, 1-3 model. This passage notes that it was the Holy Spirit giving the word as a consensus amongst the group and not just to one prophet. So even though this is a compilation of the prophecies that we each brought to the table, so it's not really a consensus they all had the same one. They just it's all like, added each individual's. Yeah, I was going to say it's yeah. more like a, kind of like a, you know, like a meme. They just sort of, it's, it's like a covered, covered dish supper. Yeah. There's a covered dish oh, okay. supper of, right, of, right, of prophecies. So they all had like one, and then they brought them all. Brought multiple, yeah. So it wasn't really like they were confirming each other. They just sort of all said, we'll accept each other's. Uh, it was a general consensus of the ACPE members that the Holy Spirit was speaking the pro- following prophetic words to us. The ACPE has met since 1999, this year for the first time. You know, I wonder if they predicted 911. I'd be curious to know, to see if they did that for 2001. Yeah. Um, Alex Jones did, and he doesn't call himself a prophet. Yeah. This year, for the first time, we invited a group of emerging young leaders to join us. As mm-hmm. a result, we probably had the most powerful time of seeking the Lord we've ever known. At the end of the meeting, a time of impartation took place. While we are calling this a prophecy... Impartation? Yeah. It sounds like it's all it like says. stuff. That's all it says. While we're calling this a prophecy for 2011, it's understood to be the time frames uh, for the fulfillment of prophecies cannot be confined to a calendar year period. Thus, this constitutes more of a seasonal prophetic word. Great. In other words, we like, don't want to be held accountable. From, from oh, oh, I thought it was going to be like from like May to June, these things are going to happen. No, no, they're meaning like, don't hold us to like in the next 12 months. Oh. Right? Well, I'm, if they wanted to say, if they wanted to actually put goalpost, time goalpost, you know. Well, they're not even months? doing that. They're not even doing that. It's a yeah. seasonal. Okay, you know, like when yeah. Daniel says something, he says like so many weeks, that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not, not here. Yeah. Like you used to do. Remember your predictions? You'd give a 16-month one. I did. There but was at least some. it was finite, you know. Okay, it's going to be the year of transitions, according to them. This will be either uh, a year of open heavens for a year uh, or a year of the perfect storm. Hmm. So it's either going to be like black or white, up or down. Did they don't pretty, know? pretty strong. Yeah, that's a pretty strong assessment. It's going to be one or the other. Wait a minute, they're supposed to be prophets. They're supposed to know this. Well, it's going to be the year of open heavens or a year of perfect storm, according to them. The number 11 has the biblical meaning of transitions. 2011, so it's numerology, Mm -hmm. is the year where we are transitioning from one place to another, where we will end up at the end of the time, depends in many regards on how we respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit. In other words, what their their big bold pronouncement is, is if we listen to God, good things will happen, and if we don't listen to God, bad things will happen. So, that's a pretty radical statement there. Mm-hmm. It says, 2011 will be a year of great pressure and stress, particularly the first three months when it will seem as we are in a toe-to-toe battle with the forces of evil. Mm-hmm. This is a tipping point year. If in the middle of the pressure of the season we faint and lose heart, the scale will tip away from us, and there's a po- possibility of great loss and defeat. Mm-hmm. It's also the year of the straits. The number 11 can be likened this to... This sounds like a horoscope. <laughs> The number 11 can be likened to places... Your sign is in the third moon of the Mars, and there's a double scorpion in the... 
and it swallowed well, Jupiter. And you're not a prophet, haven't uh. you? Know? <laughs> it can be likened to places in the earth such as the Straits of Gibraltar between Spain and Morocco. We will at times feel constricted, but the narrowing of the way will only cause us to go to a new place that God has for us in the season if we do not fail the test during the pressure. As the third sign of the Taurus bull gored the scorpion in the in the third moon. Your Venus sign rose over the Mars oh, there's some, house. There's some really strong revelations here. Like, right. you know, if we have hard times, it might I, I'm, you're trying lead to us say to a better are, relationship with God. You're trying to say those weren't? You know, it's not as clear as theirs. Uh, the birth canal. That's the other thing. <laughs> oh, Another analogy that the Lord gave us was the number of 11 is like a birth canal. The baby being born is going from the comfort of the womb to the stress and discomfort of being born into a new large life. Okay, in Dreaming Dreams, Joseph shared his dreams with his 11 brothers represented by 11 stars in Genesis 37.9, and it caused great relational stress. God will pour out a season of dreams and visions this year, even amongst the very young. Watch out for relational stress and keep your heart right in the middle of it. Watch out for relational stress. That's a, that's a very horoscope-oriented yeah. Yeah. thing. The year of great expectations. Expect the unexpected this coming year. Hebrews 11.11 is the key. By faith, Sarah also received the strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past her age. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. Expect a miracle. God wants to break the barrenness in your life of hope deferred. I don't know who they're talking about your life, if that means everybody or what. Many have given up their dreams and downsides and what they believe for because of the times. God's kingdom is an ever-increasing kingdom, and he is for advance and not retreat. So don't downsize your house. He wants you to have a bigger house. This is not a time to compromise what God has said to you, but rather to believe that all things are possible. God is not a man that he would lie. If he said he would do something, he's not changed his mind. Mm-hmm. It's a time of preparation, going deeper into God and intimacy. New assignments will be passed out in this year of transition for those who don't draw back in the season of testing and fire. Go deeper in God and draw refreshing from his presence, and you will make it to your new place of advancement and anointing. Uh, creative miracles. The level of the miraculous will increase with the creator loosing miracles of creation that will directly oppose the spirits of humanism and intellectualism. Uh, restoration of the Tabernacle of David. Great emphasis will be upon worship this year. Worship is the key. Many two 24-hour houses of worship will spring up across the world and result in open heaven over nations and many souls saved. It is harvest time. Uh, great harvest for those in the arts entertainment field. Extraordinary moves of God will occur in the entertainment and motion picture industry. Bold, new, unashamed voices will arise, and many will listen to their testimonies. Here's a word for the United States. The nation hangs in the balance, and this is not a time to grow weary of praying and acting on behalf of righteousness and justice. Don't let the pressure of the season cause you to retreat into entertainment rather than standing on top of what is happening around you. We much watch for terrorist attacks, as many are having dreams and visions of coming attacks. That's true. It's probably for those those Muslims. Mm-hmm. One of the illustrations given to us was the phrase, "Are you ready to rumble?" This is God oh, gave him that. Great. God gave him that. <laughs> He's got a big belt. <laughs> He's like Hulk Hogan. Big microphone. <laughs> now this is the kind of words that you know General Boykin wants to hear because he's ready to rumble. Yeah, it turned out Michael the Archangel actually yeah. looks like Hulk Hogan. Says this is used. Gabriel's among, coming too. He looks like Andre the Giant. Well, they explain this here. Yeah. This is used among wrestling aficionados as the match begins. It does more than alert the contestants the match will start. It also creates an excited expectation in the crowd. Like we're supposed to be excited about mm-hmm. this. God is asking Christians in America today: Are you ready to rumble? The game is game. 
Okay, this is a game. It's at hand and needs to be a climax of excitement as we anticipate God's next move in the land. 2011 is one of the most critical years in the nation's history, and the foundations are burning and are in danger of being destroyed. We must fast and pray and, and take extraordinary measures to rumble both the heavens and the earth. Okay? And then the last is the 11th hour, 11, 11, 11. Okay? This date will have special significance in this 11th hour time frame. So, I mean, that's prime numerology, isn't it? John 11, 11 says, Lazarus, our friend... Six. One, 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 six. Yeah. One, 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 one. Yeah, six. He said, John eleven eleven says, Lazarus, our friend, has fallen asleep, but I go that I may awaken him from slumber. The Mayfire Compact was signed on eleven eleven sixteen twenty, and God is looking for a new generation of reformers who will make a covenant with God and others to stand and fight to awaken this nation in this desire moment of history. Okay, so he's looking for people to stand and fight. Mm-hmm. Does that mean here, I want to give you an example of somebody who stood and fought for the Lord here. I've okay. got this. I haven't had this done. Okay. I, I can't take any more of this okay. blasphemy. Um, dear Mom and Dad, in my last letter I told you about the atheist girl, Varia. <clears throat> now I am so happy to tell you the exciting news. Varia has received Christ. She is so different and already witnessing openly to everyone. When Varia first This is something you can share on air? Yeah, this okay. is this has happened in the fifties. Mm. Uh, okay. When Varia first believed, <laughs> this just came through my email box and it's yeah. marked private. <laughs> oh, well, thought I'd check. Laugh <laughs> mocking me. Oh my gosh! Uh, when Varia first believed, she still felt guilty inside. I think she wasn't happy because for so long she believed and made a point of telling others that there is no God. She felt that she needed to suffer and pay for this. We went together to the Assembly of the Godless Communist Youth Organization meeting. Although I warned her repeatedly to be reserved, it was useless. After refusing to join in the singing of the communist hymn, Varia went forward to address the whole assembly. She courageously told everyone about accepting Christ as her Savior. She begged everyone to give up the way of sin and come to Christ, and the whole place was silent. When she finished speaking, she sang with her incredible voice the old hymn, I am not ashamed to proclaim the Christ who died, to defend his commandments and the power of his cross. I could only watch helplessly uh, as they, that's being the secret mm-hmm. police, took her away. Today is May 9th, and we haven't heard anything about her. Uh, please pray. Mm. Wow, that's from the 1950s. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's, somebody like, that's somebody who stood up and fought mm. in the way God wants them to stand up and fight. You know? If you could even call it that, mm-hmm. you know, it's really sort of. You're sort saying of, that's more inspirational than finding people of a different religious faith and yeah. taking up some arms. Yeah, don't them? don't read any more of that. Don't read any more of those. I can't take it. I had I had. Uh, I know. I'm sure they've it, got a ton. It, they were crescendoing. Okay, give us give, give Korea, us Korea. Can we go right to the right Korea to the was going to have the greatest mission movement on earth, and they felt like General North Lee, or South. President Lee. Uh, they don't say should stand firm against North Korea's aggression. Mm-hmm. Middle East, a more widespread persecution will rise against believers if Mm. we do not intercede in the Middle East, I guess, get Mm. involved. There will be a move of God of the youth in Syria, Egypt, and Saudi Arabia. Um, We must intercede against hyperinflation that will straggle the ability of our people to give world missions. Mm -hmm. And it says a great release of new wealth will come from ideas given from God in the form of intellectual properties. 
a new creative for anointing of ideas for those who would use the wealth for the advancement of the kingdom of God. And so, that came from Cindy Jacobs, hmm. who we were just talking about earlier. So, there you go for 2011. Hope that made you feel better. I think we'd need to call today. We've gone a little extra overtime here and then some. Um, Merv, would you come in and tell our listeners how to contact us at FutureQuake? FutureQuake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay. This I'm, was I'm a roller winded. coaster, bro. I'm I, winded. Let's go, i got to go lay on the floor. Can we get some tea? And just yeah, I need an iron lung mm-hmm. to go be in for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, i tell you who really feels that way is our listeners. Uh, they they're probably have like a cold compress on their like head. We're starting to get like L.A. or not uh, uh, A.J. Uh, what's his name? Alex Jones. A.J.? A.J. Yeah. In what way? You mean worked up? <laughs> Jumping around. We need to start playing Carmenia Berenia. Da, 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 da. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm fired up. I was thinking I had too much to dream last night. Too much to dream. But uh, anyway, that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, I know we seem a little crazy today, but it's just been a lot of weird stuff on our mind lately. And uh, this this stuff on the on this Oak Initiative and stuff, I'm I'm afraid that my worst fears may be coming true. And if so, we better be praying pretty hard. And let me close with a prayer real quick. Yeah, you know, that God this, would spare us. I'm I'm glad you thought after that. all of I was our thinking of this all the way through. All of our then, crazy then, thoughts. Yeah, please, 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 please. Heavenly Father, I'm, Lord, I apologize for some of our crazy comments and some of our exasperation and things, Lord. You know our hearts. Uh, Lord, I pray. I pray that I am wrong and that there's nothing that will be a physical confrontation between the Muslim world and the Christian world, Lord, and anything that we would facilitate or cause on our end. But Lord, I, I, I don't know for sure that I'm wrong. I, I see data that suggests that there are people instigating it. I don't know their motives. Um, I don't I don't take them at face value what they say. I think their background and other things belie something else and who they associate with. And Lord, it seems to have tentacles all through the leadership of our church. And uh, Lord, it breaks my heart not only for the incredible suffering that will happen, not only people in the church, but but also people, Muslims, uh, but uh, and, and even people we know that will suffer, Lord. But I just... It breaks my heart that people who claim the name of Christ would be trying to stoke the fires for this confrontation and being manipulated by the political figures and people even have an economic interest in this occurring. Lord, I pray that you would supernaturally stop. And I don't care if these people call themselves apostles or prophets or whatever they are. Lord, and all the powers they claim, I pray that your power would stop them and bind them if they're trying this. Lord, that you would stop them from doing this. And, Lord, that you would protect the innocent, uh, be they Christian, Jew, or Muslim. Lord, I pray that you would embolden us. And, Lord, let us not give up in the struggle to to try to be peaceful people, to be witnesses, Lord, of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord, help us not become exasperated. Help us be patient with our fellow Christians. 
Lord, it feels so overwhelming when all of the, the media resources and the money and everything else seems to be on their sides and they have a message that people want to hear. Um, Lord, help us to not be too discouraged and help us mm-hmm. to be patient in following you. Help us to also understand you may be doing a work in, in the church and in our country that's unavoidable to some extent, Lord, but help us to find out what our role is if that's the case anyway. Lord, to be salt and light. Mm-hmm. Lord, we pray for our listeners. We pray, we thank you, Lord, that they tolerate and put up with our craziness, Lord, and that they still listen. Uh, Lord, I ask for blessings for them and mm-hmm. for blessings in their lives and their families, Lord. And we just pray that whatever we do would be for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, sorry we went so late. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you. We'll be back for another week of information. Tom, it's good to be with you, bro. Man. Right here. Thanks for going going through this uh, ordeal with me. Ladies and gentlemen, until next week, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Later. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. Quake, quake, quake.